Toronto reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. folks uh good to be back uh i may be sounding a bit hoarse i've uh, <laughs> been sick as a dog sick as a dog i've been and uh <laughs> i'll say this uh all those that uh all those that are uh anti-pharma <laughs> i wouldn't be here without some antibiotics <laughs> i'll tell you that much and uh yeah what can i what do I say? Oh, a bit, bit of uh, lemon juice and honey. It doesn't fucking work when you really need it. You need drugs. Pharmaceutical drugs to get at it. And uh, yeah, I've I took the last one this morning, and yeah, I'm still still feeling a bit hoarse. But yeah, you can you can feel it in the first sort of six hours <laughs> the drugs they work thank god thank god all right uh today we're gonna be uh reporting from the uh, biowarfare front with uh commander rixie charles rixie and uh the uh let's see yeah didn't pick up my last tweet let me just uh i'll do the uh zoom let's just try and pick him up on this and do this and 
Let's do this and see if it calls him. God, look. <laughs> I look rough in the camera, but I feel rough. <laughs> I, feel, I felt sort of duty-bound to uh, do a stream. I've been um, off since uh, Saturday morning. And, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I felt guilty. I felt guilty that uh, there's been no content. What can I say? But, yeah, lit literally, I was sick as a dog. Sick, sick, sick. And um, whilst we're waiting for Charles, I guess I will I'll do the following, which is some housekeeping. And, of course, the reason you're all here is that you're trying to get through the covert and over moral bio-enhancement. I remember bio-enhancement is in the eye of the beholder and uh, cure. <laughs> Trust me, you're not one of the beholders. And uh, just <laughs> I thank good doggy for this meme. <laughs> What's in the vape? How dare you? How dare you say it was the vape that made me ill? It's my, it's my one true love at the moment. My one true love. Except the missus and kids, of course. But um, yeah, I do. I was wondering, as as you do when you're laying in your sick bed, what was it that made me ill? And I'm just, I've, uh, I've taken to cleaning the, whatever you call this thing, on the top of the tank. But I'm still vaping. Still, still vaping. No, nothing's going to stop me. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. Simon's got no power. Pray, prayers for Simon. Uh, oh, oh, that's Charles in the chat. All right, let's, let's submit him. <laughs> Someone else can do some talking. Uh, save my raw throat. Uh, let's bring this over here. Commander Rixie, sir. Can we hear you? I can hear me in the background. But uh, you flashed on screen momentarily. And um, now you've gone. Ah. Tech, what can I say? Um, so, uh, you know, what... What's new on the horizon? Maybe uh, Charles can edify me because in my sick state, I've been seeing all this stuff about a plasmid. Are you there, Charles? I hope so. Hey, uh, we can hear you. Um, how's things going? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Better than me. Well, I mean, there's so much stuff happening right now that we have to talk. Uh, well, I'm hoping you're going to do most of the talking, bro. My throat, my throat feels you. like sandpaper. I can't. I uh, I just realized I don't know where my microphone is. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Oh my god. Um, 
so I was just, uh, as you were plugging in, perhaps you can enlighten me because in my fevered state, I've, I've been trying to follow this story about the plasmid that's got um, basically the whole of the spike sequence. Not the, yeah. not, not, not just, the, is, is it the spike or the, or the whole of the virus? It's just the spike. Just the spike. Uh, that's so we have a, so they found a, a spike protein, but the FCS isn't in there. And so that everything else is pretty much the same, except it's also been codon optimized, but not the same way as the two mRNA vaccines that we have. Mm. So a non-FCS codon optimized spike that is inside of the bacteria. So just just so people are, uh, how should we say, uh, up to speed with the technologies here. So... Um, Plasmids are what they would be using to make like the vaccines and um, potentially um, components for biological weapons as well. Um, you know, these are the infective clones, etc. Uh, that is correct. And um, my my understanding is that it dates to. 2019 but early 2019 is that correct that is also correct 2019 mm. so <laughs> there goes the zoonosis uh theory out the window so what what are your thoughts on this somewhere in beijing i was in beijing as well <laughs> yeah so not even the, so could optimized but not moderna mm. Now, uh, well, one, one thing that Dao Yu has been talking about, mm. one of the things that it looks like that it is, is because well, first of all, they, they were take samples taken from four patients who are in Henan province, mm. which is kind of to the north a little bit. And in between uh, Hubei province, where Wuhan is, and uh, I think it, no, I don't know. We'll just say Zhang, I don't know. Wherever the Shanghai is. So it's a little bit north of that, but south of Beijing. So kind of in that region. I, I kind of, and, but China's big. Shanghai, well, Shanghai is where Fudan University is, mm. which is where Shibo Zhang has been and where he's been working on fusion inhibitors. Mm. And as it turns out, this plasmid, the way the spike is designed, Looks like that's might have been what they were testing. Hmm. Wow. So we don't know that yet. But in Dao Yu's article, and I can I can probably pull it up here. But yeah, in his article, he, he points that so out. I'm, I've been so out of it the last few days, dude. And let's say I'm only I've only been feeling human as of this morning. And I was I was praising I was praising Big Pharma <laughs> and antibiotics. Well, when you need I mean, them, glad they're there. Yeah, well, it helps. It helps when they create the, the problems that they make the solutions. That is, that is a trend that we're seeing. So, 
Well, I'm, I'm hoping this wasn't. Uh, I think it's just me picking something up off the kids. Um, oh, come on, stinky Twinkies! Wow, that article is not in my in my collection of 2,200 articles yet. So, uh, go look for it. Better fix that straight away, sir. I know. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. All right, let's see. So that so um if this holds out, this is a this is a massive find because it po- it points to well, I, I would say it points to the Chinese having some foreknowledge and basically trying to make I'm presuming this must be some vaccine attempt. Well, it's it's for some sort of assays. I mean, it's, it's for vaccines or fusion inhibitors. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so these these sequences were found by somebody named Martinez sisters. I don't know who that is. Some people in Spain, I think. And so now you and like all of us have been in the background, kind of looking at this, and yeah. And, so one of the cool things is, it's from, they found it within a bacteria called Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is not a mycoplasma, which I've been kind of researching, but it is still, it's in that collection of bacterial infections that are very common that people get, especially when they have immune suppression. Uh, but just in general, like I think like 10% of all hospital bacterial infections are this particular pathogen. And one thing that I discovered was that it's it also has a like a a super antigen type toxin that works with it. And so here's where I, I kind of posited something to you. I'm still waiting to hear back, but it turns out that this own toxin that it has gets to the endoplasmic reticulum of the cell by using fear and signaling. So it's able to, is able to enter the cell kind of like a virus would, but it, it, it shoots out its, its toxin and shoots it towards the endoplasmic reticulum after it gets a signal, a fear and signal from your body. So, which I think is kind of, could just be random, but um, it's not the only bacteria that does that. So let's, let's just take a step back here. It's not, it's not in a it's not in a bacteria that's a usual expression um that's correct. system that you would you would do for mass um uh, harvesting of of your products so it's, it's say the name again i've never heard of it okay so pseudomonas aeruginosa okay um and what type of bacteria is it? Pseudomonas. Oh, marine. I'm just going to claim stupidity. I don't know. Like, I don't know this. Um, it's, it's, right. It, pop, like it popped said, up it's, straight away. So it's uh, often called. Like it's, it's one of the most common ones. Yeah. It's like so, staphylo, copper ones, and then this one. Yeah. Uh, I'll just uh, read what. Um, Wiki says. And in a second, like in a second, I'll like go through and read sections of this so that way people have like some background. But yeah, it's uh 
in fact, I'll go ahead and do that while you're kind of reading. Um, yeah, I'm just I, 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 what I've seen is just a summary of what what you've yeah just so, laying out. Yeah. So, so I, I found some found, pictures of it. They, so they found some samples. Uh, previously, they'd found s sequences corresponding to both A and B lineages and USA WA1. So they were found within samples of Antarctic soil. Uh, they were extracted oh, this is, this is those samples that they got from Antarctica? Well, no, he's talking about previously. So oh, okay. this is an article written by Dao Yu, who's one of the mm. Jurassic, the smartest geneticist I know, probably the smartest in the world, and I've heard that from people who are geneticists. Um, but he's just a super genius. I don't know. He's probably like a 12 year old kid or something. But, or he's Yoda. Yoda. Anyway, I'm going with Yoda, dude. Um... So, so basically, like in the big scheme of things, Dao Yu's been spending a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, what's going on with these samples that are cropping up all around the world? So, like in Italy, US, other places before the outbreak in Wuhan. And I've always said that. Most likely, it's just like something that was one of the SL coves, but it might even have been this one, but it didn't have the FCS. And and so, like maybe, well, however the FCS got there, I think that if it had been in there previously, then we would have seen in hospital, we would have seen like the outbreaks and things prior to to Wuhan. So I think that that's ultimately where. That happened. See, I'd I'd put the early um, findings, like the the Spanish one and uh, Italy. I was just wondering how much of that was just false positives from. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is, but that, that's part of the problem, and that's why. Well, that's why one of the big things that I'm going to be talking about in the near future, like publicly, is going to be epigenetic signatures because it's time to now do the forensics and people need to understand that we can do it. And it's been a scam because we've not been doing it. And, um, and so this is one of those questions that can be much more easily answered because then we will be looking at samples. We'll be going and testing actual people who are still alive and looking at their genomes and saying, okay, what have you been affected with and when? And, uh, and so the, the, Sisters, what did you say their name was? Yeah, so Martina Sisters. Uh, Martina Sisters. Just, so. I've, I've known about them for a while, but they're just one of the kind of people on the side who, who are studying this stuff. And how and did they, they how did they come across this? I think they were just searching. So they were searching for like they're like kind of working with W with other people just going through old samples um, trying to see if they can find out. So instead of using like, I don't even know the terminology for the systems. I can't remember all the time, but where you can go and like run analyses of, you know, data that has been uh, placed, not the sequences themselves. I forget what it's called, but whenever you have like a bulk of, like you have, have a bunch of data taken from a sample. Mm. You know oh, the blast and... Um... I, I mean, I don't know. It's Because I don't think it's blast, but then again, no. Yeah, and, and this is the, the those sort of fine-grained technical 
details. Yeah. But, that... but basically, they found they found. Um, I think actually in this case, this just popped up, like in the very beginning of January. These samples hit, and so they saw them. And then when they looked, when they looked on Blast, they saw that the date was 2019 that the samples were taken. And when they looked further, they were like, okay, well, that's interesting because that that has that and that and then that. So, so as far as I know, the samples popped up just like two weeks ago. And pretty much ever since then, like we've been talking in the background, like, holy crap, what does this mean? I I think that it's gotta be something because I mean I, I've been looking into mycoplasma and that was a way that they were they were putting GP120 in the mycoplasma back in the 80s. So my guess is, is that, you know, this is just standard fair type stuff. But because, but I think the Dao is ultimately going to be right in the fact that this is like for, some, for testing vaccines or for testing fusion inhibitors or something like that. But, but why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they put it in a more common, commonly used expression system like um i don't know so, so here all four spike protein sequences were identical and were found to be located within a eukaryotic expression vector carrying the following sequences an sv40 origin of replication commonly used to maintain plasmids within your eukaryotic cell lines so so basically they're using S, they had sv40 and they had uh, a certain sequence under control of SV40 promoter. And there's some other magic in Huya. And then CMV, cytomegalovirus. Cytomegalovirus, yeah. Um, and BGH poly A terminator. I, don't, I have no idea what that means. For the expression of the spike protein sequence within mammalian cells. Um, and so they looked at all that. They looked at the codons. And, and so, so they were the. the... Plasmid had each of the different spikes from the A and the B and the Wuhan US strain, or just that there was. I think it. I think it only had the one. But it, whenever they looked at the codon optimization, they compared it to both Moderna and Pfizer. I see. And the Wuhan one, and I think one other one too. So. Um. Let's see. We're found with, so in addition to these changes, the furin cleavage site, PRRARS, within the spike protein have been found to be removed with all three R's missing from the protein sequence, leaving behind PAS. And the PP sequence, which is found in both Moderna and Pfizer, which were used to stabilize the prefusion state of the spike. Okay. So, so basically, not only did they have the furin cleavage site taken out, but they they had the, the two proline changes made. So this is interesting. So this is basically, mm. this is as if, this would be like t having the mRNA shot, but without the ferrin cleavage side in it. Mm. It's very, very interesting. Because um, that's what they should have done. If they, they shouldn't have made it at all, but if they were going to, that's exactly what they should have done. Um, so it's interesting that China did this. Uh, Mm, yeah, because uh, they made such a big deal about um, them them putting the proline stabilization in, right? And 
I've had sort of back and forth with uh, individuals that said, oh, you know, it's uh, it's harmless because it's been stabilized in this fashion. Um, I'm not so no, sure about BS. that. But <laughs> I think it's BS. Yeah. In fact, I think it's worse because when it's stabilized that, like that, it, uh, if I remember correctly, the super antigen is actually hidden. So the super antigen sequence is hidden. But it makes it easier because the furin site is still there. It makes it easier to transmit between cells like using entosomal stuff. So it's it's actually worse, but but you know that's what that's what their claim was. And so basically, yeah, that's what we have. We have a, a spike with the two prolanes, and that was something that was public. So it's not. It wouldn't be shocking because they'd been Barney Graham himself was the one who like discovered, if I remember correctly, he discovered that and that it works that way. And so and so for three or four years they like they'd known about this two prolin thing. And they were trying it with MERS um vaccines. And so it's not surprising that they tried it here. And it's also not surprising that the Chinese would know about it. Um but the fact that the furin cleavage site is not in there. Is interesting, and it's only those three. Right, so, that, so it's pretty damning. Yeah. So um, for whoever for whoever this is, that's damning. Yeah, I was going to say, who's it damning for? The Chinese um, that they were. Um, it's hard to say. It really is. Uh, why? Why so late in uploading the data? And did they not know? Did they not know that it was in there? They, they obviously didn't know. So um, whoever did this did not realize, like it, it, it missed someone because there's not a chance in Hades that they would have labeled it as 2019. Mm. So somebody thought this was bacteria sequences. Mm. And then, oops, inside these bacteria sequences are proteins. <laughs> A perfect this is from this is from human subjects who've well, human presume, subjects in 2019. I presume they've gone into well, is it is it a, a bacteria associated with lung infection and I guess yes. So. Now that's kind of what I'm thinking is that somehow yeah, it says lungs. Up, up, yeah. up on my yeah, so somehow this is this is indicative. <laughs> this is indicative of something. Because it could be that they were testing it. It could be that these people just had the a, a pre-FCS version of it. Uh, but the fact that it shows up in these samples like a couple hundred miles away from Wuhan and a couple hundred miles away from Fudan University, um, yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. But if, if if it's if they uploaded the sequences, it, we should we should probably assume. Although I guess we can't completely. I would assume that that means that they're not lying about the location, because or maybe they were. But I would bet that either the location or the date is is correct. But if you're going to be wrong about something, you'd want to be wrong about the location. You would not want to put 2019 on there. So I have no idea why these sequences got uploaded. 
but I'm pretty damn pretty damn sure they're they're legit. I just don't know if it's misinformation and it's actually secrets yeah, that we had. Or this is that... my concern right now is just that they would they would try and spoof any and all investigations by throwing things like this in. And you know, Which why... is totally plausible. But what it means, what it means is though, is that um we're winning because mm. we're obviously mm. getting close because otherwise they wouldn't do this. Mm. Um... We're trying to figure out who the researchers are and what the the background situation is right now, but mm. but yeah, and it's uh let's see, they the spike protein have been subjected to re recoding, so code on optimization. However, the exact recoding scheme is distinct from either Moderna or Pfizer. Who else would have been making um, these types of vaccines? Uh, Fosun? Well, is that what, that, that what they're called? Fosun? Fosun Pharmaceutical? The Chinese... Uh... I don't... I'm more familiar with VGI that does the sequencing, not with Fosun, but um, what it could, so it could have been a virus-like particle vaccine. Mm. Um, that's another option. You better um, you better explain uh, what that is. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to go ahead and read because mm. here. So the presence of an in let's see. the presence of an intact C terminus in an extended transmembrane anchor argue against the use of this construct for pseudotyping, as these constructs delete the C-terminal 19 amino acids of the spike protein sequence, as opposed to adding anything onto the C-terminus of the spike. I don't have no idea what that means. Um, this would also likely interfere with the use of such spike protein material for the purpose of creating a virus-like particle vaccine. Um, as um, a free term, so I, I, so I just wonder if that's... Um like a Novavax strategy where you take a um, nanoparticle of some sort and you stud it with uh, spikes. Well, there's been, I mean, just judging from the research I did with the HIV vaccine, there's a whole bunch of different combinations that they've tried. Um, but basically what Dow Yu is saying here, he goes through and lists out several different things. He's basically saying, none of these vaccine types, like none of these things make sense based on what we're seeing. So he's saying it's not a virus-like particle. It's not for pseudotyping for you know, other types of uh, assays or anything. Um, well, the, while the display of large numbers of proteins on the surface of cells, a technique called mammalian cell surface display could have been used for the purpose of screening for antibodies or other binding proteins to a specific antigen. Such applications usually entail surface-displayed antibodies and fluorescence-tagged antigens that are introduced in solution before um, activated cell sorting is used to, for cell, to select for cells that generate... Okay, well, well this is some deep stuff. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, it should be uh, a drag uh, on here. Get on here. Yeah, Explain yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a lot more sense when I don't have to read it and then like, mm. try to pick out the because mm. yeah I, I'm not used to like reading for for an audience but um 
so I didn't prepare for this, but anyway. Um, however, blah, 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 all this stuff. So taking out the furin site and, and so taking out um, certain things that were resistant to, to TNPRSS2 and furin, but not to cathepsins or to trypsin. So mm. there's no real use in explaining all those, but the bottom line is... They're, they're, for those, they're just places where other enzymes cleave the um, yeah. spike protein, but, basically. But what he says is that it, this does have, an, have a utility in the development of peptides that are intended for the inhibition of coronavirus spike-induced membrane fusion, such as the infamous EK1 peptide and its variant EK1C4. During the such development process, the spike proteins are first expressed on the surface of cells before the peptide is added and target cells are introduced. And then after a set amount of time, um, they, well, I'm sorry, where'd it go? Cell-to-cell cell, cell fusion is activated through treatment with a specific protease. And then after a set amount of time, the protease is either quenched quenched by an inhibitor or removed. And then, uh, and then like after that, then they measure to see, okay, did it work or not, basically. And this, so this could explain the two oddities observed within the EK1 sequence. And we don't have to go into the specifics, but basically it's, there's a slight difference in the EK1 fusion inhibitor that's, makes it a little bit different than the human coronaviruses like the ones cause common cold. But those slight differences allow it to broaden its range so that it's a pan-coronavirus inhibitor that can work against SARS and SARS-CoV-2, as well as, uh, I think, NL63 and 229, et cetera. So basically, like, this has the change, like, this is designed to be able to also test that yeah so i guess this sort of drops into the programs for countermeasures rather than it being a sort of um offensive type uh sequence right that it's right. quote unquote research research based the, and, and this is biodefensive research <laughs> yeah 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 however um, what this also says so what this also says actually like as I'm thinking about this now, this this could be more damning for China because because China is the one who developed EK1. They published that paper in April of 2019, and then they published the EK1C4 paper in on May 30th. I'm sorry, on March 30th of 2020. So if this has EK1 on it, then and it's from 2019. The only way that it would not be from China is if we also knew about that before they published it. Is I, there, I is there the a associated publication more... with the uh, GenBank entry that they've put it in? Not with this one, no. If I remember correctly, this one does not have a publication with it. So that's... And maybe... I know they've gone back and looked, and basically it popped up kind of out of the blue and that's why it is like it's suspicious but i mean 
like if you take it at face value, it doesn't look good for China from my perspective because they were working on AK-1. And I, I'm sure that we were working on fusion inhibitors, but did we know were we working on that exact one? So, yeah, so if this is legit, this is bad for China. So I'm just I'm just wondering the late the late submission. You know, if if NATO side is feeling the heat somewhat, that they would put that in. That's I mean, what sucks is that to have it happen now. Then that's why they're trying to we're trying to figure out the backstory because mm. because it's either a really big deal. Where it's nothing, and we, we want to make sure that the sample, like it, if this truly is a sample, it's some random dude in some lab plopped up there thinking it was a bacteria, uh, then this is huge because this will basically, I mean, it'll put the lie to most of, of what China has said. However, uh, well, it puts the lie to most of what. <laughs> well, unless you can just say, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're on Earth, Governor. Uh, with being the West, they, I guess that's not a lie. But um, the well, see this, but this is part of the reason why. Like, I, my focus is okay. Has not been like it's on the origin, but more so holding people accountable. And like I said. Fauci deserves to go to hell regardless of this because most of the damage that he did was done by the choices that he made in responding to it. Yeah, so the, the, the censorship, the... Whether or, not, whether or not it was ours doesn't change all of that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get you know, everybody else to realize is, you know, whether China is guilty or we're guilty or both, uh, Fauci deserves to go to hell, and he needs to be in prison. So, I, I'm going with both at the moment, bro. Yeah, I, me too. And I don't, and I don't want people to, to see this and forget about that, because mm. I know that there's going to be that like itch. But mm. the truth is, is if, if this, if this shows that China actually made this virus, then it doesn't really change what we have to do because we have to hold people accountable so this doesn't happen again. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've always kind of said there's there's not much we can do with respect to China except roll up gunboats off their coast and uh, threaten them that way. But there's, plen there's plenty we can do with respect to um, reforming the the institutions and the, the individuals who have been, um, well, basically covering... Uh, for those institutions, but the um, yeah, what a what a surprise! Um, yeah, what a New Year surprise! Like I say I've been, I've just been trying to sort of briefly follow it between mo moments of consciousness <laughs> and me just laying in bed, and it's um, it's been a sort of tough one to follow, just because um, there's a yeah. That, Most of the talking is going on in the background, so it's and there's a and, there's a degree of technicality involved in just you know having to pull that apart, right? Because then then you're getting into this um, plasmids and clones and um, something 
well, when you say when you say it's codon optimized, um, I mean pres the presumption meaning it's codon optimized for humans, not for uh, pseudomonas, whatever it was, aragonosa. Um, the the so someone someone had to design that plasmid. Someone had to go through the the steps of putting it into the uh, the. the well, if it if it was if it was meant for that bacteria, I'm just I'm just wondering if it could have been um, designed for another more sort of commonly used bacteria like E. coli. Well, so that's kind of where I was. So my first inclination was okay, this is legit, and it could be that this was an original vector, you know, kind of like a a compromised position between us and what JC was talking about. Or maybe just in addition to, you know, they released it multiple ways. But this particular, I mean, it could it could be, but the but then the way that Dayu explains it, um, I mean, for me, if the Shurin's Cleveland side is gone, like, and it looks like, so if it has QT and S, and P, A, S, but not the three R's, I mean that's a that's a subtraction. That's not a because that that sequence does not exist, and it's a very exact particular sequence. Um, so whatever this virus, whatever this thing is, to me it looks like it came from the virus that we already know and love. Yeah. So that that was going to be my question is that you know there's to, always talk about SARS having sort of. Um, bacteriophage like qualities and is this is this a consequence of that so is is this like the precursor to SARS virus spreading slowly I but... don't think so are you saying like it was it was like in the wild or something that yeah was... so so there was there's a, there's a precursor to SARS-CoV-2 in the wild. That's again. Let's say it's because of a lab origin um, virus. It it infects uh, a lab tech, for example, and the in the in the process of going through the infection cycle, the bacteria picks up that genetic material and well which could happen um it could be i want to say that when they looked at how it like connects to the bacteria itself um that it doesn't look natural i'd have to go back and ask but well, but, I mean, but would, would it look natural in a in a situation where you're, I don't know, you're viremic and um, I don't know, it's I doubt it. I mean, would it be codon optimized inside of the bacteria? Right, right. Is, it, is the bacteria doing the codon optimization? Probably not. Right. Um, I, I I don't know. Then it's uh, uh, again, it's but statistically it, the odds of that being the it's pretty unlikely. Uh, so yes, I guess 
if it was just a lab tech and then it got into that, I see what you're saying. Then yeah, it could be that. But what, what really matters is whatever this lab tech was working on. Yeah, yeah. And Ultimately. So say that say they're working on a um, coronavirus like SARS, and they, in good old Chinese fashion. <laughs> The extractor fan don't work, <laughs> and uh, they get it. They get a know. dose. Um, I think. Well, well, it to me it seems like okay. Whatever they were working on, they were working on. They had taken the virus that we know and love, and like attenuated it for use as. So this wasn't the weapon they were working on. They were working on the on the on the countermeasure. Uh, on the antidote. Because I think it would be countermeasure regardless of it, it. It wouldn't because once again, this is like our argument for why the the SARS-CoV-2 virus is not a vaccine is because it has all these qualities, mm-hmm. and which is also the reason why it's so stupid that they kept all those qualities. So whoever this is was smart enough to remove. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, in a way, it would be it would be good to have some insight into the I I don't know that Chinese candidates for for vaccines what they had up their sleeve with respect to that's true. Although, although, so all I know I can remember off the top of my head is that they were adenoviral candidates. Actually, I can. Well, so they they had an inactivated one, and maybe yeah, one like uh, the Sputnik. They, they test they tested an LAV, but I don't think they ever used it. And they had a couple of inactivated ones, but thankfully, I've got all sorts of uh, pictures and stuff. And I guess I could take I could take over from screen share to yeah, yeah. if I find them. Um, because yeah, the, obviously I've spent a lot of time looking at the vaccine construction and comparing them. Um, but for the China one, not as much because who cares about China, right? Uh, you want to share screen? You said, oh, oh yeah. If I find the okay. the okay. graphics I'm looking for, because I got okay. a bunch of stuff in here, but I've got it ready to go. Uh, yeah, I just wish I'd been more up. <laughs> more more fighting fit in the last few days to be um following this i've not been i've barely looked at twitter i've barely looked at telegram and uh, uh, it says you it says you disabled it actually i disabled it uh, <clears throat> no i said you started screen sharing oh uh, it's me being a goof hang on uh multiple yeah that should that should fix it <laughs> and and at, at, a, at a big picture level anyway it, it still means we're dealing with something that's synthetic um it's lab origin and right. um our our institutions have let us down um Massively. Oh. I want to see if I can 
put myself on the screen in a different way. Because um, there's this cool, like, can't you? I, I found some way that I could make myself float the other day. To, I don't remember what I was doing. All right. Well, you're there, you're there a little bit in the corner. Um... Seated. All right. Oh, of course, no, it's not going to show. No, well. But really, I'm just trying to see what has. So, this is all of them, all the main ones. Uh, it's kind of hard to read, but at least I can. I'll be able to tell. I'm trying to see if the Chinese ones are in here. Uh. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I think. Because uh, even even if they were making a, um, adenovirus one, they still they still have to make the plasmid, right? Is that right? Um, yeah. To do the testing. Well, I'm I'm thinking for the um, for the adenovirus. I get don't don't they make them up in like big big reactors? <laughs> they just they just put um they just put the genetic material in there. This this is where it'd be really helpful to have someone who's um hands on an actual scientist, yeah. <laughs> who makes this shit on a day to day basis. because <clears throat> um, there's kind of a uh bit of second guessing going on. Is that basically now you said that none of those like it's not a vaccine it was, it was not going to be a vaccine um he said it looks a lot like ek1 so or a lot like it was going to be used for ek1 um good lord yeah the problem is i have so much crap on here now that it takes forever to find anything I'm in so many graphs and mm. oh my gosh, I'm getting told in, this. Interspersed with all the memes. Well, yeah, uh, I'm really, really close to being done with my other, uh, with my big project, my expansion of, of the watchmaker thing, which includes a whole bunch of several new conclusions and things, which is one of the things, like that was the main thing that I wanted to point out today was that, um, there's a couple of things that I've been working on last week that that I think are that may may play a pretty big role. And so, uh, good Lord in heaven, this might be it. We'll see. I'll just if I don't see it in a second, then we'll kind of move on. But but yes. Yeah, so, so basically, this plasmid is here, and it's whatever it is. It's noteworthy, and we're, we're trying. We're trying to be very careful about what it means because, I mean, for my part, I don't want to let the U.S. off the hook any more than like because they don't deserve it. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's a case of there are there are multiple institutional failings. It's not just the the U.S. It's it's multiple countries that um, you know we should be. Uh, we should have more confidence in our institutions that they would they would um, respond more in the public interest, and um, 
they they haven't. It it was very much a sort of cover your ass type reflex that they that they did, and um, well, le led to significant harms, I would say. While I'm waiting for that other one to load, I just want to show you this picture because, oh, no, I don't care. Now you're going to get in my way, of course. Yeah, PowerPoint, they love it. Oh, no. No. I just want to do There you go. All right. Um, you're not going to be able to read this, of course, but. I can read it. I don't know if any other people can, but. The purpose of this is. Um, this is something that I've been working on that that lists out all of the key like research, basically that led that shows that like for any questions that we have about the genome looking suspicious, well, here's where they were researching it. And on on the right hand side, it's got color codes for you know was it Chinese researchers, was it Australian, Singapore, was it. Was it EcoHealth or somebody else in the U.S.? Um, was it Proximal Origin authors, whoever they are, wherever they are? Or was it Europe on the, on the very far side? Oh, look and what so, I see. Shibo Jiang. Uh, Shibo Jiang, yeah. Learn to avoid EP1 and EP2 HIV enhancing peptides via amyloid fibrils. How interesting. Oh, is are you looking at the at the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right about. Oh, you want, I don't know if I've ever told you about this. That's actually a discovery that I made. Is that? Guess what? He so he discovered that um, that amino acid sections like basically four eleven through four thirty three of the GP one twenty will block his EK1 fusion inhibitors. He discovered this, uh, I think, after the pandemic started, or maybe just before. So, so get this. So one of the inserts, I, remember, I think it's the second one, that Pradhan like, noted, stops directly before that stretch that would block it. So they made, so, so they made sure to not include anything that would prevent the fusion inhibitors from working. However, they did include prion-like domains elsewhere. So it's obvious that they, they weren't concerned about the prion-like domains because they cared about people. It's just, it's, it's a hint that they, they might have, the reason why those pieces might be so exact in the HIV insurgent is because they're trying to be very careful not to, because the last thing you want is if you have the antidote is, is to block your own ability to to use it. Yeah, kick off those so, amyloid cascades, and you know this has been my concern from the beginning. That um, that's actually a discovery that I I hadn't like published about um, because I had another time, but that is one of the things that I that I figured out. So, and that's why I put those in there. Like this is a, this is a list that I made of things that I think are important. Um, and so it, it'll be different than other people's. But then what you see is that there's a lot of, basically EcoHealth Alliance is the conduit for all of this shit. Like EcoHealth Alliance and Barrick tie all of this together with East and West. So 
they they helped make this we're in this we're in a situation where um my my concern is that they'll say oh you know because of the international type collaborations that you're seeing and they are extensive right is that they can just say oh it was a it was an unforeseen consequence of of the scale and scope of the research and I'm not I don't know it, it I would I would feel um how should we say let down I guess if if that's if 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 we sort of arrive at this conclusion that yeah they did they did fuck up but um ah you know it's just just a case of uh too big too much too fast and it was no one's but, fault and that's the reason so that's the beauty right the beauty that that's why i think what you have done from the beginning is so important which is to to really highlight the fact that and you came at it from the you know the amyloid perspective, but but it's really the, I came to the same conclusion separately. And the bottom line is, is that this is not this is this is a bioweapon. Yeah, it's it's specifically designed to leverage those so, pathways and so and, they so they can claim whatever they want. The mm. truth is somebody made this and they didn't make it because you know they wanted a present for Jesus. They made this because they wanted to cause severe immune harm to a population, and I mean, well, that's in, exactly in, what in this saying. in this case, it would be long term chronic harm, right? That that's the potentially. That's... So the the cool thing about this for whoever made this is that because there's so many different antigens and. Super, the fact that you have a super antigen whose, whose sole purpose in something like this, normally you would say, okay, that's an adjuvant. Like it's something that they add to vaccine to, to get the attention of the immune system. Except a super antigen is like a thousand times more, more potent. And so it, it literally, instead of getting 0.001% of your immune system's attention, like a normal pathogen, a super antigen covers like 20% of, of all the available targets. Like a super antigen is incredibly distracting. And as a result, the amount of cytokines and everything that it, are released to deal with it are overwhelming. And they can themselves cause, um, if, if bad enough, it can cause like like toxic shock syndrome and, and stuff like that, which yeah, is why they were, they've been biological weapons for 70 years. Kind of rheumatoid type uh, fevers and uh, there's all oh, it's sorts. nasty. Yeah, um, it's nasty. Yeah, it, kind of feel like so, I've had that last few days, bro. Right. Well, there has never been. I mean, it's possible. I mean, that's because the, the furin cleavage site is part of a super antigen, an, an SCB like sequence, which, which. They found out, okay, well, that SCB-like sequence is blocked by antibodies for SCB, and that, and they tried these SCB antibodies, and they block SARS-CoV-2. 
So yeah, it's probably working. So it probably is a super enemy. And guess who discovered that? The researchers at Pittsburgh, who, by the way, happened to be working with Bing Lu before he was murdered. A Baja lab, yeah. The Baja, the, the event. Yeah, Baja event lab. Baja, yeah. And and this paper came out like the month that he died. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of uh, should we say um, unusual coincidences around that around that lab and that institute. Now, I think I think that he had special insights into this into super antigen stuff, which is why he was killed. And I I, I can't I'm speculating here, but I think that one of the reasons why they made sure that paper got published was because of that. Because they they may, maybe they knew that like how important it was. I don't know. Could 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 be completely unrelated, but um I'm pretty sure that's that played a role. Was it? Um it was Spartacus that had the he had some good information about Bin Lu. You know, I've talked to I've talked to him before about it. Oh, and okay. I actually because I taught him some things because he like he wasn't aware of some of the connections. And he taught me some things about the science that Bing Lu was looking at. So we, had a, so we had a pretty good conversation about it. But yeah, Bing Lu's uh Well was. <laughs> was an interesting yeah, There's so many pieces. It's it's like with Frank Plummer mm. and the, the fact that he died, like because he basically he had he'd called up where he had talked to, I think. I don't remember if it was Joanna or um, Judy Mikovits, but but they were talking about it. The fact that he had said, "Yeah, this isn't natural. It came from it came from Fort Detrick, China." So so he was like on it from the beginning. Yeah. And so um, so was Joanna. I mean, she she was way ahead of this, like from the very start. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, you give me the uh, the remote control for his deep brain stimulation device, and I I could shut him down in seconds to minutes. Uh, Frank Plummer, and uh, oh, speaking of, so apparently, uh, some bitch I know. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, some she, bitch she's I a like. little streamer. Yeah, she, she's got like a she has like a two thousand people watching her her stream every day or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, she wants me to do an interview with her at uh, some point. Yeah, there's plenty of bitches I know, bro. But, right, but, but this is, that's that's her handle on Twitter. It's some bitch I know. So, um, base uh, chick. Oh no, that's what, that's what's awesome. Is like she has our sense of humor. Uh, so, that's, that's great. Yeah, so I definitely think that she, she's got. So there's something else that I want to show you, but I can't remember what it is. Let's see, I get inspired here. Okay, well, so here, this is just the inserts that Prathan found. This paper was just showing that of the top epitopes for B cells, like B cell targets, uh, well, surprise, surprise, and guess which inserts are, are highly, yeah. you know, highly immunogenic. And uh, yeah, so not terribly shocking. Um, I was going to say, I got, 
I meant to tell you because it only um, confirmed with me. Well, whilst I was ill, but um, I don't know. You remember when uh, in Texas I was saying that uh, there was a, he, he's a big podcaster. He's he's uh, in the UK. Um, used to be Royal Marine. His name's Chris Frawl. So I reckon his name. Uh, you need to keep uh, around the first of uh, February um, clear because um, he's asked me to go on, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drag you in as well, and um, All right. uh, we can. Uh, well, I'm kind of a bigger deal than you now, so yeah. <laughs> 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 You've got uh, you've got more um, of this bigger picture to hand. I mean, I've I've like I say I've I just stayed in my wheelhouse, bro. <laughs> just uh, I told I everyone I about. Why, like, <laughs> I woke up one day and I had twenty four thousand followers. That's great. It's not my fault that people are stupid, but <laughs> just I would say uh, you've you've earned it. Oh, no. Well. So, yeah, this is just like this is tracking like how many, like monthly, how many papers and articles and stuff have been written by people of various sides of the mm. of the argument. That I don't know. This is what I. Well, I wanted to explain to you, but since we're here, um, because I think I figured out something kind of interesting. Hey, and this so this so, is i'm seeing a lot of hiv being thrown around right in a minute yeah so get this so this is a patent for methods and compositions for for testing for basically rheumatoid arthritis is what like it's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and but and i'll explain why i was looking at this to begin with but I realized something when I was looking at this the other day. But that, what, what was that? Let me just... Uh, rheumatoid arthritis antigen specific to HIV. What? Yeah. Am I, am I, am what, I just... What stands out to you right there? <laughs> yeah, am I reading this correctly? Yeah, you are. You are. They're testing for autoimmune rheumatic diseases, but there are four things they're testing are P17, P24, which are from the gag protein, and then GP160. So basically, they're... they're... Uh, uh, Hang on. So the the presumption here being that there's a class of uh, rheumatoid arthritis that's a consequence of HIV infection, and they're not... No. 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 Because get this. Because keep reading. So the degree of cross-reactivity is determined. Which and and with this information, a more specific and more accurate diagnosis of the disease is made. Once a more accurate diagnosis is determined, the clinician may then proceed with prescribing a therapeutic regimen better suited for the specific patient. Now, so that's bullshit because if let's say that it's negative for HIV, okay, well that doesn't tell you that you have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. This is bullshit. Okay, I'm just gonna. This Wait, well, to, I'm. 
my mind's trying to churn here. If you've got, so a, get this. So this is my thought. This is my thought. So uh, apart from it being so, Robert F. Gary as well, <laughs> that's correct. So Robert F. Gary is on this pet, and Norman Talal is the other guy. And Norman Talal was prior to this a uh, in the sixties. He was at NIH, and then he was on the on the left coast, and then he spent from eighty one to two thousand at UT San Antonio. And I saw this, and this was from nineteen ninety two, and the reason I found this is because first I was looking. Man, what did I do with that other stuff? I'm I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around why they would be subcategorizing uh, rheumatic disease. Oh, it's good. HIV. It's good. I'm I'm gonna find my. (sighs) This is gonna make zero sense. Like, don't worry about that. This is a scrap piece of paper that I'm. I'm putting notes on, but I like the title, Bray. Twerking <laughs> <laughs> it. So, so I started. I started going back and looking into the um, the prison experiments. Yeah, where they, where they the mycoplasma and the right. H- so, yeah. so Garth Nicholson in in the nineties was investigating Gulf War syndrome because he had a daughter. He was he was the head of the cancer like research. He's head professor at University of Texas, like for cancer, um, in in the early nineties, and like full professor, well known, nominated for the Nobel Prize at one point, um, and so he starts looking into um, Gulf War syndrome stuff, and he's he's very well versed in in. Uh, like immune suppression and like the things that happen because of it. So basically what happens with HIV, but looking at all sorts of potential causes. And he kind of got focused on, okay, trying to figure out how he, he was targeting the, like all these infections that were just taking advantage of the suppressed immune system. He was trying to work on those because as a cancer guy, he knows that they also help feed into this cancer. And so, but he got involved with the hearings for Gulf War syndrome, along with Merrill Nass. And when they looked at test blood samples from the from troops, they realized that a lot of troops, like all the troops with Gulf War syndrome had like all these different infections. But all the troops that had actually been in the sandbox, they had had more vaccines, and so most of them had worse examples of it. And then there's a couple of units where all the samples had mycoplasma fermentans, but it, they all had mycoplasma fermentans with GP120 in it. All of them. Like if they were at this plant. But it, it begs this, the question. Begs the question. So when, well, what they were doing is they were all in the vicinity when the demolition was going on of the of the main Iraqi biological warfare program site. 
which is in southern Iraq, so near near Kuwait. And they were doing de- they're demolishing it, and it took like a couple days or something. But they all got it. Well, those pathogens came from the United States originally because during the Iran-Iraq War in the previous decade, we we helped out old Saddam and giving him some stuff because we d- we were afraid he might lose the Iran-Iraq War, which would mess up global oil supply. So we gave him chemical and biological weapons, and, which is why we knew we had them in 1991. And and so when they went and destroyed those, so like in, in the Iraq war that I fought in, they came in and they took all this stuff to Ukraine. But in the first one, they destroyed it. And so basically, so it didn't if you if you were vaccinated, then you had a much better pay, chance of getting uh, Gulf War syndrome. But if you were if you were there, there's like 2,000 troops who all have GP120 mycoplasma floating around them. Yeah, and so the question the question I wanted to ask is, um, so is that as a plasmid in the mycoplasma or it's integrated into its full genome? I think it's actually I don't want to say but what we need to do is like maybe the next time I come on or something I mean shoot even now but actually I gotta I gotta keep working but we need to watch this video that he that he does I mean there's several videos but I've got like a like a 48 minute one yeah I I have I have watched him before on stream where he, he, he goes through the I can never remember his name that's that's always the issue but when, when you so, mention it here, and he's talking about talking, the, the prisons, yeah. right? In Texas. Yeah, he's talking about prisons. And actually, I can send you the link, and after you take back over, mm-hmm. there is like a five minute segment that can kind of summarize it really well. Um, but, but the bottom line is, is that he, he found this stuff, and then he was trying to f- do more digging, and, and that's how he learned about the experiments is like because there's this outbreak and they were only a couple hours from where he was so he went and started doing some digging and then he, he eventually had mothers of children who were affected by this in Huntsville Texas that came and talked to him and and these mothers found like a set of documents that had been preserved in in like the state archives like all references to this program had been destroyed except for um, like this one thing in this, in, in this archives. And uh, so he realized, okay, well, this is this is kind of a, a big deal. And so these are the GP120 inserts. But when they look back at the, at this at these prisoners' samples, blood samples, they had GP120. But some of them had GP120. Some of them had um, gag protein pieces. Some of them had pull or NEF or, or VIPR. So, so they, it was almost like they were testing. These prisoners were getting infected with different pieces of HIV. Mm-hmm. And 
Let's bust it. But then, <laughs> right. So, so, but 10 years later, and so the, the stuff that Saddam had was obviously only GP 126. So what it says to me is they figured out what worked Mm-mm. and they went with that. Um, so there you go. So biological warfare program, one on one. Now, so that's the that's the three pieces that are that are in the spike that w- when they come together and they, this is now like proven that it can use this one of the, one of the main receptors that does DC sign not all of them but one of them in particular um, these pieces are involved in that so it, it's confirmed SARS-CoV-2 can utilize DC sign as a pathway and so it can infect immune cells that's bad. So now we get to the spike protein, where in in a thirty nine or thirty six amino acid sequence, you have an SEB, so you have a super antigen right next to and overlapping with the furunclein site, right next to ENAC, and then like the tail end of that, there's another prion like domain. Nasty. That is not natural. In fact, I've gone and looked. I've never seen two of those four things together at the same time. And this virus has four. Plus your, uh, uh, the other variable loops as well. All right. Was that, is that included in the 36 amino acids? Well, no, yeah. So, so the variable loops, the variable loops are the, do the DC signs. So the variable loops get you into the immune cells. But on top of that, you have, a super antigen, which, by the way, GP120, like as a whole, would qualify as a, as a super antigen. That, that's like an interesting thing. So, so it's like they made sure to get the parts that would make sure that that happened, because none of that stuff is in any other coronavirus. No, the only the only ones are RATG13, which we know is fake, and then the two ones that the PLA published in 2018. Which have two of the inserts, yeah. So, see right there, right, right off that. So, so the SEB, so the super antigen and the GP120, two pieces are biological warfare, and right next to, if you're in cleavage site, incorporating it. So that's three things known to biological warfare, and the furin cleavage site is basically like all this stuff is also partially bequeathed from. Nick's like all of his research that he's done, like it, it's grown out of that. Yeah. And actually, God, I really need to talk to Nick because because I'll I'm probably gonna, get him on mind, right now. <laughs> yeah, if he's if he's in here, we need to get him on because your what? mind is about to be blown. I'm wait, telling you, wait a second, you've not seen what I'm, what I'm about to show you because I'm not done. Uh, let's let me try this and. Nick, Nick, my favorite dick. Um, <laughs> All right, rule one. Let me, let me just, I, I see him in the chat anyway, so. Let, let me okay, just well, because. Pull him up yeah. on Discord and then I can. Because unfortunately, you've been too sick, so you haven't. Because I was talking I, about. I, like I said, I've, I've felt just completely out of the 
it's a loop, dude. And I've I've seen there's all this stuff been going on, and I'm like, oh, I can't, um, <laughs> I can't, I uh, can't keep up with it. Come on, no, pick up, Nick. I know how it feels. Um, I know, I know he's there. He he sounded off in the chat, but um, well, I'll just I'll just leave that ringing for uh, um, a second or two. He's probably gonna get his makeup on. Um, <laughs> his space cat helmet. Oh, here we go. So, like Brando, hot off the press. So now, 2019 suited bonus spike in addition to the 2019 culture virus. So. We found more evidence that the plasmid is indeed in the pseudomon in the pseudomonas. So the, the question here is Yeah, is it is it the Chinese that have that have done this? And then if if it is, um not sure where that uh where that puts us, bro. In a in a in a, in a sticky sticky uh, diplomatic situation, at least. Um, yeah. Go on, Nick. Now you're there. I can see you, you in the chat. It. Pick up. Pick up, Nick. Yeah, he'll want to hear this. Um, yeah, he's he's normally uh, straight straight to duty when uh, it calls. So um, we'll, we'll see. He shouldn't have give himself away in the in the chat. <laughs> Don't want to give away too much of the inside baseball here, but <sighs> this way you'll get to experience it. It was. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so I'm Just... basically we're finding a lot more connections now. And it all points in one direction. Well, kind of. Well, you know, the well, I, I I'm biased, right? But the, the biowarfare was a given in, in my in my mind. You know, the question was <laughs> convincing convincing other people of the uh that that was the case because a lot of people just don't want to bite down on that particular black pill and because you know there's a there's an abstraction right with these programs and you, you think well they're they, they tend to be military or, or dark programs and um if they do spill out into the public it's uh it's people who deserve it like those prisoners in texas <laughs> or, or nick's cohort well by the way there's there's still experimenting with uh prisoners in texas i didn't know that but i learned that um, which is kind of cool uh, yeah God, God bless those pri uh, private prison systems, and uh... hey, they like it though because they get like free. They get great chow and they get <laughs> care of. I was gonna say, there's the um, uh, what do you call it? The 
in Ukraine, the Russians have just sort of released footage of um, one of these labs that they've uh, got a hold of. And, you know, there's a, a lot of what it appears to be is sort of biopharma testing, right? And then what what is it that, that you know, we don't know what they're... Um, what they're throwing on top of the uh, uh, the, the medicines that they're giving people, etc., and you know, sort of claims that there are um, uh, you know bacteria and uh, you know di disease pathogens that are being um, used to expose. Uh, Patients and um, test monkeys, or test well, monkeys, test subjects. This is, this is where it's sick because you know it, this is where all of this ties right in. Like it all comes back together, and so you have the stuff that Judy Mikevitz was dealing with. Like it feeds directly into this. Like it all comes together, mm. and, and that's kind of what I was. So like. I was looking at each of these pieces and the history behind these pieces. And so, um, like I was talking about Joanna, should recognize the name of Shai Ching Lo. Mm. He was heavily involved in the Mikevitz affair. So he was a guy that he patented um, pathogenic mycoplasmas in 1989. He'd, he'd, been a, he'd been a, a DOD scientist. He, I think he'd originally come from China or whatever. And so he he was the one who like officially patented this, but it's obvious that they were they were testing with this for a long time. Um, and but in two thousand eight, he went to the FDA, and he's currently there, and he works at CBER, which by the way, until twenty twenty, they were in charge of of testing and approving biologicals that weren't like gene. So so what the shots actually are. He is at the place where that should have been approved, instead of like the vaccine under the vaccine section, um, which, which I thought was interesting. But I, I went through his patent for it, and it says that. Um, so this mycoplasma inhibits um, HIV one induced syncytia formation. That's a good thing, no. It's, I mean, this is a good thing. This is a very interesting, like, what they were thinking. It shows the augmentation of figure 36 showed the augmentation of cytocidal effect and inhibition of reverse transcriptase activity in HIV-1. Hmm. Which is interesting. So even though this pathogen has bad things, it has some good things too. Um, so yeah. And I think, I don't know if you know, but the reverse transcriptase is becoming a thing right now because the Chinese are now using a certain HIV refers to transcriptase inhibitor on like mass on the large scale against oh patients. yeah for, for like treating the, drug. yeah the um, yeah. outbreak there I forget the name of it but yeah I had I had yeah so it makes me wonder and Walter and like I, forgive me but I actually saw I, I came across on Rumble a a, a Paul Cottrell video. Mm. Like uh, a uh, silver so. merchant look man yeah. um <laughs> you know for if it wasn't for his grifting and selling silver 
<laughs> Look, the, the, the Paul Cottrell has sort of stuck by his guns, and you know his um, he he's um, you know he he called it out pretty early on what was yeah. happening. And the, the only thing that annoys me is that like he he claims it all, and he claims that he knew it before everybody else. But I know for a fact that there were people who knew it before him. So, mm. like Joanna, for instance. Yeah, um, uh, how'd you say this? Uh, he has uh, he has a little man syndrome. <laughs> Go. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So the ego is really inflated. He's an interesting character. I'll, I'll give him that. But, um, but anyway, so so that's all stuff that like, okay, and now I'm starting to get, like if this is starting to dig into uh, not just Nick territory, but also. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened, happened to Nick. He was in the chat just a few seconds ago. He's like, screw this guy. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> just. Hello, big boy. Is it? Bloody hell. What time is it? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so anyway, so so I was reading about that, and then I came across this other patent. I'm like, what the fuck? What does this mean? Like, I don't understand. And um, but then I realized, okay, the the prisoners have been have, have had this done to them. It had in like it had GP120. It had gag proteins, pull and neph mixing their blood. And so they survived like right-handed. Each foot you was right-handed. Yeah, because and during music class, I was holding the recorder wrong. Oh, okay. Are you right or left-handed? <laughs> that is working, sweetheart. <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, it's okay. So, Robert Gary, how, where the fuck does he come from? Well, turns out that Robert Gary was in Texas no, God. in the late 80s. You're right there, man. And even in the 70s, like he, like he, was, he was floating around here. I wonder, I wonder if the reason why so it looks to me like, okay, because this because the Norman Tolal was in San Antonio, and Robert Gary was floating around Tulane and and Texas and this area all throughout the seventies and eighties, and they patented this rheumatoid arthritis bullcrap. Like I don't even know, if, I don't even know what that's about because this they're testing rheumatoid arthritis to see if it's rheumatoid arthritis by using an HIV test. This is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around um why that is. I, the only thing I can think of is that there's some presentation of uh HIV AIDS where um rheumatoid arthritis is a is a issue. And I think it's I think it's BS. I think that they knew I think that he was one of the people who's testing samples from these patients or from these prisoners. Why, why, why put it in the context of rheumatoid arthritis? I mean, I would expect that patent to be because, thrown out because these prisoners, these prisoners were presenting with all sorts of immune conditions. Like they, they oh they right, so so the the prisoners were presenting with rheumatoid right. They, they had been tested on, and then years later, this this mysterious burst of of immune suppression disorders appeared and then 
A few years after that, it appeared in Huntsville, a town outside this prison. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to for them to be like, hmm, yeah, let's go test and, and see. And, and maybe they learned, maybe they were able to patent it because they, they realized that these tests were effective at differentiating between different parts of HIV or something. I don't know. Um, but it just seems really, really odd. Uh, oh, because oh, 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 here's the best part. Guess who in the late 70s and early 80s was walking around these Texas prisons? James Watson. James Watson. The DNA, <laughs> James Watson. Watson and Crick. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> okay. Who at the time was like, in charge of her, like at the top of the human genome project, like planning. Mm. Let, let me what? find that. Let me find that letter because you'll want to see that because it's cute. Like, I thought that was impressive. Uh, I, I came across this and I was like, what the? F You've got to be kidding me because this is legit. This is now legit. Mm. Uh, where'd it go? Oh, crap. I mean, why? It, I, 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 it sort of beggars belief in my mind that you know you, you can climb to the top of the pile <laughs> like uh like watson and what and, and what you still want to get your hands dirty <laughs> walking walking around prisons and getting involved in this type of uh um well shenanigans i guess i this is creepy okay this gets to a level where it's creepy because now it's like because these are the same people. Like, these are the same people now. Mm -hmm. Do you when I read this, I, I almost shit myself. But, you know, it, ma it makes sense go. that we're seeing the same people because... Um, yeah, it does. And it's, it's so all part go. of the damage control and narrative um, construction. Right. So basically... Oh, no. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway, so right here, <laughs> I asked where she had looked for documentation. She said she had searched the TDC board at Genesis Minutes. She said the search was limited to the 1980s because that was the time when James Watson was seen at the Texas Department of Corrections. He's the, at the time, so in 1999, he's the head of the Human Genome Project. And guess who followed him? Francis Collins was in charge of it after him. So anyway, I thought that was cute. Dr. Watson is the head of the Genome Project, co-discoverer of DNA. It seemed pretty strange to me that someone of that magnitude would be running around the Texas prisons. Yeah. And for and for viewers, understand that in the 1980s, he'd already, he won the Nobel Prize. Yeah, he, he was the... In like the 60s or something. Like he discovered DNA, the double helix drug structure in 1953. So what is what is a Nobel laureate doing at a Texas prison in the eighties? Yeah, I think I think I've got Nick. Let me he's signaled he's alive. Come here. Come here, Nick. I hope he's listening. I, I hope he's listening. He was listening, he was in the chat. Um, okay, good. Because we just dropped we just dropped Watson and Crick into this. Okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> no. I like like I say that the, the uh, it, it beggars my mind to 
to think that someone like Watson would be, well, you know, especially going to prisons. That's not something you would okay, expect. Okay, well, well, get this, because she specifies, okay. Mm. I was told at the time Dr. Watson was here because there were experimental flu vaccines being administered to inmates. Right. Yeah. What a euphemism. Producer of Channel 11, so the TV station in Houston, which is a big city, by the way. Uh, Well, I know you know that. Yeah, I I know that now. (laughs) We we drove there together. Um, Has also verified that that Dr. Watson was at the Texas Department of Corrections. Hang on, uh, Charles. I do have uh, Nick. Yes. We have you, Nick. I'm going to send you a uh, Zoom. It was the voice meter banana. It was on mute. Sorry. Yeah. um, I hate voice meter banana, dude. (laughs) I've heard. I've heard about this. (laughs) There. uh, Please uh, please join the Zoom call. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. I'll drop off. Yeah. (laughs) All right. There. We've got Nick. If you couldn't hear that, it was because uh, Voice Meter Banana, the the worst software on the internet, um, was stopping him. So, all right, just wait for wait for him to come in. And um, when he does come in, I've got to go. I've got to go and get more fluid, dude. <laughs> My throat's uh, uh, feeling the heat. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm gonna I'm blowing your mind here because yeah, yeah yeah I mean um, the, the... This, it's getting creepy now <laughs> yeah like we're, we're we're getting to a place where I think that um, this is putting together almost too many too many pieces of the puzzle Nick can you hear us is your voice me a banana he's on he's on mute yes yes I can hear you can you hear me. Uh, I can't. You're a little on the quiet side, Nick. Brilliant. Okay. Well, let me go to my mixing board. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, with, I was going to say a joke, and I withheld it. <laughs> whilst, uh, whilst you two do that, um, my, my my throat's requiring I get some more fluid. So uh, make small talk. I'll be back in a sec. Okay. How's it going, Charles? I'm doing great, um, and I'm I'm really really curious to know if you ha- are familiar with anything that I'm talking about right now. Um, I was downstairs getting I was downstairs getting some food uh, for the last few minutes. I was uh, giving Simon some shit in the chat a bit a little while back, um, so I missed I missed this last little bit. So yeah. you're either gonna have to well, you're gonna have to bring me up to speed. All right, so just a quick recap. I've I've been looking at um, a couple of different pieces of the spike protein that are weird, like the, the super antigen and the GP120 sequences. It went back historically to kind of make sense of of what they might be and it, see if I can help us out right now. And so basically it, so super antigens have been used as biological weapons. Like they were in our stockpile in the U.S. from the 50s and 60s onward. Um, so this is not like a 
shocking thing to think that somebody might put it into a biological weapon. But And the GP120, what I was more recently talking about was the, the, the Texas prison experiments that were in the 70s and 80s. Um, I mean, wasn't that just part of one of the things like you went to prison in Texas and you signed up to be in human experiments? I mean, pretty much, but yeah, I mean, there's only so much else to do in prison, you know. So, not that I would know or anything, but <laughs> I don't, I've never, I've never been. I've had a fun life, but well, it's not really important. Um, but basically, um, so I've been spending a lot of time trying to to dig around, and I, my big project right now, in the next day or two, I'm hoping to be done with like an updated and full watchmaker argument, which basically just says that they knew, and we need the public to understand that they knew, because then we don't have to worry about we don't have to wait to find out what who made the virus because we know that they knew what was in the virus and hid it. And then all the collateral damage is their fault. So we basically, I want to show that we have the proof to hold Fauci and others accountable now. And so, and this kind of metastasized like backwards in time. And so, but what, but just so quickly, the, they found Gulf War victim or Gulf War veteran um, sufferers of the Gulf War syndrome. They found GP120 from HIV in there, in their blood samples. And in the 80s, so that 10 years earlier, in prisoners who were coming up with these mysterious illnesses, they found GP120 and other pieces mixed in of, of HIV. And so my guess is that they figured out in the 80s that the GP120 was the best, and by the 90s, they that's why only GP120 was showing up in Gulf War Syndrome soldiers. Um, and so I went back and I was looking at this, at the Huntsville State Prison, which I think is the largest prison in, in Texas, and trying to dig in to figure out what was going on there. And so there were experiments going on in the 70s and 80s and so in the 80s, they found these, well, in, the, in soldiers who were sick in the 80s, or prisoners who were sick in the 80s, they found these pieces of HIV inside of mycoplasma, which magically a few years later was patented by a, a DOD scientist. And, but before that, I just discovered, like, I hadn't put all these pieces together, but... I just realized, I just discovered that James Watson was involved in vaccine experiments in the Texas Department of Corrections in the 70s and 80s. He was like observing and, and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And James Watson being the fat, you know, Watson Crick, double helix DNA, you know, and I, I know you know, but so that's kind of like, that's where we were at the moment was just like, holy cow, why was James Watson in the 70s and 80s walking around Texas prisons? I don't know if you have any insight into that. 
I, I don't. It's it's just a never ending series of chambers <laughs> connected together, and you you yeah. knock through one wall and you find a whole new space, and you say, "Oh my God, Eureka!" And you find um, synergies. You you find places in the timeline where certain people are working next to each other allegedly now i haven't found this artifact but in a conversation like an interview that horowitz gave at one point uh luc montagnier was working on uh pcr i don't know if it was the reagents i'm not sure what part of the technology in the platform he was working on refining in the mid to late 60s apparently in the same building and right down the hall from robert gallo so that's fascinating, you know, and I, I have no idea if I, I would assume they would know of each other's work. Um, um, I don't I would, I would I would guess that Gallo was at the NCI at the time, but there's all sorts of little little strange uh, intersections and uh, commingling's when we okay, met well, Joanna, okay, well, let me tell you she, talked, she talked about Gallo over at the German meetings, you know, over in Hamburg. And I was like, OK, you're blowing my mind. Go ahead. Well, guess what? As it just so happens, when I looked at Norman Talal, who had a, he co-invented, or he, he, he applied for a patent with Robert Gary in 1989. And, but who was he working with back in the 60s? He was working with Robert Gallo. And then by 1981, he had moved to San Antonio and it was around 1985 that he and Robert Gary were testing these prisoners. Um, <laughs> and in their patent application, it says that they're testing for rheumatoid arthritis. But the four things that they're testing for are four pieces of HIV. Well, now, so, I, I don't know enough about the microbiology to to contribute. And, you know, I can't I can't dig any further than what you have. Um, but uh, you're making me think of those papers from the World Health Organization, I think 1972. And it's a two part paper and it's a virus associated immunopathology and implications for human disease. And it goes through a big catalog of um, different levels, different different morphologies of infections uh, that can seem that seem to have some cor strong correlation to autoimmunity and other you know you know autoimmunity slash cancer autoimmunity and and uh, out of control inflammation is is right there with cancer uh, you know the onset of cancer but. It's it's making me think of of that big list of pathogens, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, many of them came to their attention before they had that paper, before they did it. It was based on previous work and investigations. Well, so okay, that's so me... one one little place that we should we might look at together as a show. That might be a really good paper to just get microscopic on. Okay, well, so I'm curious, like like, it, and I generally don't know like what your opinion is on this, but like what do you think how early like was hiv in the 70s and we just didn't know it or like like how early was were because i'm trying to figure out were they testing with hiv in pieces like were they already aware of this virus in the 70s and we just don't know like i'm not uh 
I have an anecdotal report from someone at Stanford that uh, SIV and generally cross-contamination of SIV from, from one simian to another is when it would cause a problem, could create uh, situations where entire populations would have to be culled. And that happened at LEMSIP. It happened. There were prim regional primate centers all around the U.S., again, under Gallo's charter. Um, but as far as when do I think it was around, you, we were talking about something that was helped over the species fence into people. There's a series of papers where Gallo takes a leukemia isolate from uh, a patient called HL23 for human leukemia 23. And he then begins it on a journey and bifurcates it and splits it and mutates it in many, many different ways across different substrates, in different animals, in cell substrates that are uh, infected with, essentially they're immortalized. They have an oncogenic infection. Right. Um, he, he goes crazy with it. But it all begins with a leukemia virus from this human being that is a primate virus. He characterizes it and says, well, we've isolated this particle from a human leukemia patient from their fresh blood sample. And it's a primate leukemia. You know, he had another name for it, but that was, that's for me evidence that they, they knew very well what they were capable of doing. That was a, that was a more prominent example of something that could, could be very damning for him in court. It would be very easy to take that content and say, here you are practicing this process. And, you know, we know that people got exposed to primate pathogens all from since at least the 1950s. I mean, what, yeah. what Mark, what Mark dug up about the yellow fever and the hepatitis B outbreak in world war II, probably related to the use of pooling human blood and then using potentially a primate, something in the in the formula that's primate. Well, so, then RSV in the fifties. So yeah. Uh, well, our yeah, our RSV seems to have quote unquote emerged in the mid fifties, um, and then from an NIH scientist, you got to say yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So so, but coming back to HIV, I'd say they probably so so. Here's here's what I'll tell you. My my feelings are based on one. There's an there's a, a stage two trial of a Merck product in 1975. And Wolf Smoonis writes about it in 1979. He talks about the retroactive surveillance window. And that's that one of my little clips where it talks about that half of the cohort died or could not be located. That's how they phrased it, could not be located. Um then fast forward to the men who donated blood to qualify to be in the Heptavax trial. The earliest start, you know, the kickoff was November of 78 in New York. Uh, the retroactive blood analyses of the archive of those men showed that I think it was 2% or 4% of them uh, showed that they looked like they had HIV. So there could have been easily a small reservoir of HIV in New York between the 75 phase two trial and then the start of the big national trial. So okay. as far as Wait, the U.S. Right. story, that's, sorry, that's sorry, the Nick. best just, that I've got. Just, just yeah. I want to hone in on that point. They, sure. they had, or there was signs of H, uh, HIV before any of the Heptavax 
trials or after they initiated? No. After the phase two trial in 75. So they, were they had been a, exposed. It looked like half the cohort died by the two year, the completion of the two year surveillance. That's the first been the rapture. Marker. Yep. Hey. And B, uh, then they, I, and I don't have any method to validate this or retest or anything, but apparently they did an archival surveillance mass testing of the, uh, the samples taken from the men in New York who, who donated during their, their trial vaccinations. That's so in, in, in this instance, we're presuming that you said it was like 4%. Were... Um, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I think I can go back and find the paper. It's something from the mid to late eighties. It was about 1988. Remember I've read thousands of papers, so it's, it's in the brain, but I I'll have to go back and dig. Well, it's, it's um, imp but... important data point to be able to well, get, get a timestamp on that. And if it's, um, it, what are the chances? That the HIV is there prior to any trials, or if it's definitively post post exposure to the um, Heptavax. Um, well, considering that they were working with SIV and mutating simian viruses to be pathogenic, <clears throat> you know, I, I, the, the, the evidence in my opinion is is pretty strong. That it was an it was a deliberate um, adulteration of the trials. They they got they got access to the trials. Now Merck, remember, was World War II. You know Charles knows this inside now. Was basically the original bio warfare public private partner. You're so, welcome. Yeah, they they were the halls of of secrecy, Kevin. Not just the halls of of privacy. You could make things disappear inside of that proprietary bubble. And uh, there are papers that, you know, that pull back the curtain on what they were up to. They would, they, I think I heard you mention something earlier about how much adenovirus vaccine was being created. Merck talks about making thousands of gallons of virus vaccines, you know, which is spooky. Why not? I mean, well, well I, I'm, I'm just thinking if it was, if, if they know that four percent in that trial, if they if they could trace back earlier blood samples, you know, two they three... did. There's been a lot of archival testing, and the earliest is the L seventy allegedly. By the way, I have the full text for that for the analysis that was published about the L seventy sample, um, and uh, that was taken from a male subject in a village uh, in Leopoldville in 1959. Ah, and yes, my favorite is... Belgian Congo city. Exactly, and that it matches. It matches definitely one of the sites where everyone was fed the chat vaccine. Uh, which vaccine? Uh, the chat. It was a particular batch. I, I I'm not sure what the that abbreviation was for. Is they generally do a patient. But it was from a seed stock that came from Europe, and they shipped a tiny, you know, maybe, you know, a, a, basically a small vial on dry ice, and then they would amplify it at the Stanleyville Laboratories. Th and they this used, is for yeah, um, this was, polio. This was for 
This was for the OPV, the Wistar OPV polio campaign that ran from 57 to 1960. Hmm. Yeah, it just, it, it makes you wonder how much they were, um, see, well, we, we know about the tumors and carcinomas, yes, that came up, but, and I guess it, it is gonna, it is gonna grab the attention of researchers. No way it will. Well, um, so, so, well, so really, I guess, we're, so we're kind back of, to the present, yeah. Yeah, so like, and this is, whether this is interesting to the viewers or not, I guess it's coming up to them, but, but this is kind of how we make the sausage behind the scenes because we, we talk about, like we're just digging through, finding crap and kind of put it together. But in this case, I'm, I can see patterns emerging that are concerning. And so I just want to throw out a couple more quick little tidbits of stuff because once again, I, I was looking at each suspicious thing in the spike protein and saying, okay, what's the background for all this crap? And what do people really think about this? And so just real fast, one thing for, for ENAC, it was written, I don't remember if this was Robert Gary or I forget who it was, but somebody that we know said, the evolution of SARS-CoV-2 into a global pandemic may be driven in part by its targeted mimicry of ENAC a protein critical for the homeostasis of airway surface liquid whose misregulation is associated with respiratory conditions. And um, this peptide is also absent in over 13,000 non-COVID-19 coronavirus samples. So, like, this doesn't exist in coronaviruses. Strikingly, over 10 million peptides and going through all the eightmers of 20,000 human proteins shows that the peptide of interest is present exclusively, exclusively in human ENAC A. So it doesn't exist in coronaviruses. And it only targets one thing. And this thing is right next to the furin cleaving site which is right next to this, the super antigen. And so just for people that so are it, listening, um, ENAC is a uh, uh, ion oh, yeah, sorry, channel yeah. for, um, for sodium. And in, interestingly enough, if it's a membrane uh, channel and uh, the fact that it's right next to the furin cleavage site as well, so, in a sense, you've got a uh, a double hit, if you like, for being able to grab hold of the uh, of peptides on the or proteins on the cell surface. Now, I don't know if the ENAC is an internal sodium channel, or I'd have to well, probably check real quick. Uh, but um, off the top of my head. No. But yeah, it 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 makes the lungs an even easier target. Yeah. Um. Which <clears throat> and, and and really, this is what it all 
kind of boils down to, which is, well, actually, if you can find it real fast, I'll let you. Yeah, I'm trying. I'll let you find it's it. Not, it's not an easy hit, actually, off the ENA. Got it. Ah. Uh, responsible for sodium reabsorption by epithelial lining, distal part of the kidney, tubule. Just going off Wikipedia here. Um, I did see lungs. Hang on. I remember that the barricade fitted with it before, and that uh, like somebody else had done pioneering work into that in North Carolina, the University of North Carolina. Yeah, so uh, it's epithelial sodium pump. So, and furin as well, with the transmembrane serine protease would be uh, on the surface. So I just, I just wonder if, um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if it helps in sort of binding. I, I can't remember the specific, like, thing but but ironically the the furin is the last piece of it because and I, hopefully i don't sound like a mad scientist when, when i'm saying this but <sighs> furin also plays a role in the pathogenesis of anthrax <clears throat> okay it <laughs> it also plays a role as as we should all be very familiar with by now, in cancer, it, uh, furin uh, greatly exacerbates the expression, or, well, it it causes more cancerous cells to, to form. And if you're in an immune-suppressed state, then your, your immune system isn't catching as many of those cancer cells, which is, and the same kind of process is happening with, with amyloid. So, but it's, it's, but anthrax uses the same thing. Anthrax also has furin cleavage. Um, Rob, I mean, what, what you said about the, uh, was it Pseudomonas? Uh, the, that it, was what it, I was about to say. Yeah, it was next on the list. So, okay. also, furin plays a role in helping Pseudomonas aeruginosa, so it's exotoxin A, get to the endoplasmic reticulum. So it's so if, for instance, that this Pseudomonas bacteria that they found these spikes in, it, it may have played some sort of role. So it's, like I was sitting here, I was trying to figure out if like maybe that had something to do with the lack of the. Yeah, the so that, that's that's where I was going to go. It's just if, um, if the plasmid is missing the parts for the furin cleavage site, but the the mycoplasma has it already then maybe maybe it just becomes extraneous and i i, I wonder if there's like a yeah uh, i was trying to figure that out if maybe or maybe they, they they exacerbated each other but to me that doesn't seem like a likely i mean it could be that maybe that, that you know it's it's interfering so if the plasmid has the uh, furin cleavage site encoded and then, but the mycoplasma has a different pathway that it needs to use the uh, the furin 
Um, okay, yeah. Then maybe, and I don't know enough about plasmid dynamics to know if they're, well, presumably there's, you know, the, when the cell divides and what have you, there's um, some re rearrangement of the genetic material still. So may, maybe it's a case that because it's so fundamental to the mycoplasma's life cycle, it, it's snipped it out of the um, plasmid. That has the spike. And I, I, I'll talk to that, though, you about it because I think that understanding, because that's what I was trying to do is figure out, okay, what, what does this mean? And he obviously he's trying to do it too, but he may. I mean, I don't yeah, know, he, you have to make the presumption that you, you you're not finding the first um, the first progenitor of that. Um, right. So, like, it's, so it, it's been through a bunch of. Um, yeah. replication cycles so that may be well again you need a doubt yeah and for the audience the whole point is we're we're trying to we're trying to figure out why like like what this means and because the explanation for that will point towards how it fits into this whole story that we're talking about and when um when uh, everything um, everything else lines up so perfectly, it would it would seem an odd odd piece to have. And so, I, I, again, okay. So the question is: um, Is it a deletion at that point, or is it a um, uh, a point mutation to another uh, amino acid or another nucleotide? The codes it's, for it's PAS, I guess. So it's a deletion. It's deletion. Mm. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if that's a consequence of yeah. replication. It could be. It could be natural, but it would. But none of that would explain the like the codon optimization that's different than than the two vaccines. Well, I I, I don't think. Um, if we make the assumption that it's it's somehow it's either picked up either via um, co-infection and it did have that furin cleavage site to begin with and yeah th there'll be mechanisms within the mycoplasma to cut and snip the genetic material as it sees fit and right. if that if that plasmid is in inhibit or suppressing its ability then why not go out and why not go and cut that little bit out? So the fact that there's a deletion there, in in my mind, sort of almost indicates. That's uh, true. Um, I don't know. I don't because I don't think this is this isn't like a, like a bacteria that would be used for for replication of infectious clones. So no, and so th th this is why I think I, I wonder if it's again some sort of co-infection and. <laughs> It, it's a uh, well. I mean, what I don't know enough about the um, enough about the expression systems that you know. But I, I know they use E. coli. <laughs> that's that's about it. Um, why? Why? Well, so, well, I guess we'll. I guess the this point that I'm trying to make is okay. Furin has been a part of all the shit. Furin is exacerbated by hypoxia. So when your oxygen levels are low, 
when they go below 90%, furin expression triples. So what it means is it's another cascade. If you're sick with COVID-19, as your oxygen level goes down, your furin expression goes up, which is, in addition to the other things it's doing, it means that amyloid production and cancer cell production is going to explode. So if you get really serious, but then you survive, your odds of cancer or neurodegeneration or whatever have just exploded. Mm -hmm. So on top of surviving COVID-19, you're going to have damage left over and the risk, your the probability of those other things is going yeah, to increase. This, this gets into the, the weaponization of chronic conditions. Exactly. And this is not just, because, and it's not just that it increases, but if your immune system never fully recovers, then it's just a compounding over time. And so I'm wondering, okay, we're looking at all these things. Oh, and guess what? I'm not done. The GP120 is also a super antigen and it also causes ADE. Yeah. Um, Guess what can cause IgG4 class switching? Oh, I know the answer to this one. I saw that. <laughs> we talked about this, but... <laughs> GP120. That's right. <laughs> GP120. And Fauci knew this. This is just an HIV thing that they know. Well, guess what else can oh, also Which comes from their vaccine research, right? Yes. This is something that... And that's why when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay... I went back and I was looking at all the vaccine studies and I saw that connection. I'm like, holy shit. And then Doris Carp went and talked about it. And that now like Kevin McKernan and other people are talking about it. Mm. So and, but that's cool. Cause once again, it's another thing that they knew that Fauci didn't yeah, say anything about. Uh, it, it puts us very much in the wheelhouse again of um, how much of the, uh, the, these adaptive responses, whether and you can you can make an argument about whether amyloid doses is an adaptive response to other other effects, but um, that they knew that they would be they they would be it would be able to target those pathways and um, you know things like class switching. And well, here it is. Okay, so here's the, I have two more sentences. And I'm done. It, it, because the whole point is to get to exactly what you're about to say. Okay. There's something else that causes IgG4 switching, class switching that nobody knows yet that I figured out just because I was searching. Once again, I was looking through other stuff and I realized, oh, hey, well, that's interesting. Super antigens. Hmm. Yeah, Super which would make sense. Class switching. In fact, um, not the SEB typically doesn't. Pseudomonas aeruginosa, actually, its exotoxin does, <laughs> and and some other, and and we don't actually know about the the SEB like sequence that's in um, SARS-CoV-2 because it's not it's spranogen, but it's not exactly the same. So, but the majority of superantigens do cause class switching. So you're looking at several mechanisms that all cause it. And so here's my here's my my final like thought here is. In other words, each of the naturally occurring elements within SARS-CoV-2, each of them is, in, just in the spike, is exacerbated by furin expression. 
all of them are exactly for fear and expression. And all of them are tied to biological weapons development. And most of them can cause class switching. They knew all of this and have studied it for decades. And guess what has been censored throughout this pandemic? All of this shit. The super antigen paper took a long time for that to get published. And they, the Zunati have been publishing counter arguments saying, yeah, it's not a, a super antigen. Well, I, get, I can't imagine why they'd want to do that. Man. But when I look back at all the stuff they've been censoring, it's all this shit. They don't want you to know about super antigens. They don't want you to know about furin right at the beginning. They don't want you to know about um, the, the HIV inserts. What is this all connected to? It's all connected to biological weapons. All of them are synergistic. You may style amyloidogenic sequences. In oh, yeah, I'm sorry. And <laughs> so all of these are synerg- all of them are synergistic. And all of them attack the immune system and suppress it. And, and Fauci today doesn't want to fund, well, or, you know, but he, he didn't want to fund long COVID research. How fucked up is that? Well, it's pretty fucked up because, because he is in the position to know that all these things have a precedent. And, but he said no to epigenetic signature testing. Which is pretty fucked up because that could have tested for a lot of these things. It could have, it could have exposed the, the the PCR bullshit. It could forensically determine what happened at the beginning of this pandemic. It could forensically connect. It could court. It could. We could tie symptoms to vaccines or to to virus all of these things have been hidden and and so so really what's happened is my watchmaker hypothesis has 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 metastasized because it's gotten to the point where every time anything comes up in the news it's connected to this shit and they knew every single time is this, a, is this a, another marijuana co- cures everything article? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're breaking up. <laughs> so, so lead us home. Give us the hope, Nick. Show us the answer. Mike, um, we brush. Pass to do chip on the left hand side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I just, there's, I, I, I thought someone had mentioned this within the last couple of weeks on one of Oh, this shows. is good. I like this one. Tell already. This, this is, is good. this is 2005 baby. Um, but, uh, no, this was, ju- I just actually threw this up for fun, but, uh, we're looking at a paper for those of you that are just listening about, uh, cannabidiol being an inhibitor for, uh, one of the amyloid processes. So That's uh, there's cool. more, there's more research on that. Uh, and, uh, but, but, uh, someone pointed out the other day and I had missed it because I had been sniffing for it, that the, the, the 1918 influenza, you know, the re not reconstructed the, the isolated and, and characterized, um, 1918 influenza strain turned up in 
what was it in a swine flu one of the swine flus 2009 swine flu i didn't realize those sequences were in there that that fits in charles the reason i'm bringing this up is that it kind of to me felt like hmm that might be another piece of um the niaid sent a team to alaska to dig up a cadaver they mm. isolated 1918 influenza from it successfully. It was viable, and they began using it and turning it into a viable cell line and experimenting. And then it Wait, turns up in a swine flu. So, Wait, what year did they dig it up? 2005. Oh my god! Oh. Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh my gosh! That's awesome. Um, uh, I know that Mark Mark has some good insight on uh, some of the scientists that were in the reconstruction work. He has the he's got the skinny on on the the guys around the NIAID. I think it was a Tannenbaum. Sound, I think it, I believe. Oh, it was oh yeah, you know, and Tannenbaum. If I remember correctly, or not, uh, not Tannenbaum, Tannenberg, or something. I think he co-wrote something with Dashik in the early part of the pandemic. Talking about how it was natural and everything, I have to go back and look it out. But I know I know exactly who you're talking about. In fact, uh, I mean, is that I the Lancet work? It that should only take me a second. God, we're such nerds. What have I done to myself? I have no life anymore. Well, this is life, bro. I, I used to have like it's, it's kind of a normal, life. It's, it's it's something, I guess. It's two fifteen in the morning where Charles is, so I think. I don't even know where I'm. Are you back on the East Coast, or did you ever leave? Yeah, well, I, well, I'm in a, I'm in a Tennessee right now, but oh, in a hotel room. Let's see. Uh, okay, versus. I've got it here. I've got it here. The 1918 flu virus is is, is resurrected. Uh, characterization of the 1918 influenza virus polymerase genes. Discovery and characterization of the 1918 pandemic influenza virus in historical context tau taubenberger mm, yeah that's right yep. that's right well if you look um, if you look at my uh my timeline my chronology that was 10 times better than u.s right to knows that i did 18 months before then um i've got like all the articles that were written that were part of the scam crap in the early pandemic and, and taubenberger uh, whatever his name is, he co-wrote some shit with Peter Dashik, I think. He, he he was part of the narrative construction. I know that much. What a turn. What a turn. There's so many. I mean, you're right, you're right. Uh, burn it all down. Burn it all uh, down. Yeah, let it burn. Well, so basically, so the sum of all this is, is that even if we didn't make it, which I mean, Jesus, I mean, kind of looks like we made it. Um, but hypothetically speaking, we had nothing to do with the creation of this virus. It, it looks exactly like, like if you wanted to make a super antigenic thing and you had spent decades saying all this crap, what would you come up with? You'd come up with SARS-CoV-2. And even yeah. if they didn't make it, they knew they knew about the class switching. They intentionally hid the inserts. They and all this stuff has been shown that it's having the effects that, that we think it's having. They knew. 
Well, the 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 really dark part is the uh, the class switching being related to uh, the, quote, quote, vaccine vaccine exposure, right? And and so yeah. them them pushing this. Oh, you've got to get jabbed every three, every three, four. Yes, months. yes. That was. I, I didn't get a chance. Like I, I talked about class switching, and like that was bad enough. But I, I did. I, I forgot to to tie it to the bivalent, because that is the real like. That is just the middle finger in your face, because here we are, after all of this, and with the class switching paper that just came out, they are, the FDA in the next couple of days is going to be pushing. Like they're going to have a hearing next week, <laughs> and part of the hearing is to determine if they and and since they already have told us what's going to happen, they've already kind of said, hey, well, what they're going to do is make that bivalent booster. Just the shot from now on, for the, at least for the foreseeable future. So we can't get away from that Wuhan spike hmm. ever. They are going to make that class which is even worse. And so every so every person that's going there and getting their bivalent booster right now is well, I mean, poisoning it, it, their kids, it, it, and they know it. The bivalent shot is booster number five right in the, oh shit in, i don't even know anymore it, uh, it, i think so maybe maybe i think so oh yeah you're right you're right because so yeah the bivalent because there was the original series was two and the booster series was just two yeah but then the the omicron bivalent so yeah that would be number five so so the class switching was already baked in on yes. on on the well even said, if you, know you think it's so tied to the fourth shot, I'm, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Again, you're going to have. A... I don't think it's tied to the fourth shot because they also started seeing it in, but in a much more extent, in the people who, like, it wasn't P fifty three down regulation evident at the second shot. Wasn't weren't they seeing indications yes, of yes. that? Yeah, I, yeah. You've known this is so sick. Like it's, it's hard for me to to put into words how to, because if it's taken me this long to wrap my head around the fact that they knew all this. And so what this means is that on purpose, they knowingly are poisoning everyone. Yeah. Because when you have this many things and they all, these people are experts in pure and expression. Like, like none of us know any of this crap. Like, Unless you were working at cancer or whatever, you you I don't know, but like nobody knew what furin was, but they did. They've known it since the '60s and the '70s, and every single part of that spike protein is meant to build on this cascade, so that if one thing doesn't get you, something else will. Yeah. And yeah, that's been. And they called it natural, and they censored these exact things. And they're putting bivalent boosters in us. It's not help, easy for me to watch me you guys to coming to this realization. It's it's well, a, no, no, it, it, no. It's not that I, I knew that they were fucking with us, but what I'm saying is, there comes a point at which it's. But it's the sophistication of the mechanism that they've used to to yeah. deploy this agent and and to do it on such a mass scale. Um, I think that it's why there's it's why there's an unyielding push to keep push 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 push. That's don't exactly stop. right. They had no choice. 
they've they've crushed the Rubicon now. But enough of us are awake and unvaccinated or stopped at one or two shots. And a lot of people have paid attention to reparative therapies. And there are doctors just just bursting out of the seams, at least now on Twitter. It's it's a completely different planet than it was six months ago, you know, as far as a month as, ago, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's all truth spaces and, and yeah. COVID injury spaces and doctors talking out about what they saw happening in the hospitals and all of the protocols that they were forced to use. I mean, it's, it's really important stuff. To yeah. Go but on uh, they, they need to, uh, they've had their say now they need to sit down. <laughs> This, oh my goodness, <laughs> but it's true, right? Because the the, the these people, whatever entity, it's, we're dealing with Satan, right? Let's put it put it in those terms, right? True. They they will they will rather break off the the damage control of letting doctors and Steve Kirsch sending out letter after letter, Substack after Substack, hyper focusing on the vaccines and not looking at this bigger picture which is these uh what, what looks like a hyper sophisticated um weapons deployment and you know for i don't know whatever their reasons are whether it's depopulation testing what what have you i, I i'm not sure testing what... testing <laughs> come on but you think this is a test run? That's why. That's why they're going all out. That's why they're trying to leverage. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's more. And... It's more to do with Mark's hypothesis that they want to. They they have to have um, the that they want to maximize the diversity in which they're trialing these medicinal or, or not, not just medical approaches, but disease-inducing approaches so that so that it enables them to gather as much data as possible. Um, but the, you know, the, the simple fact is that every week that goes by, I'm, I'm just looking at a, a, a weapons program that's but, well, being fired. But the question is, fired by who? Is it the, is it the Chinese? <laughs> the... It's trans. It's transnational. It is transnational. It is transnational. Mm. It's everybody that that is is involved in these dichotomies that we've all grown up with: the East against the West, the U.S. against the Russians, um, you know, China against this or that. It's, uh, it, it's it, that's kabuki. And at least, and then the reason that I say that is from having read these very boring but quite illuminating lists of guest stars, these scientists from all over the world who were part of the SVCP at the end of the 70s. They thanked them and they said, and they recognized all these different entities and institutes from around the planet. And they took all of the, uh, basically the 400 level insight and capabilities back with them to their countries they had been involved in uh funded in funded operations those you know that year in the report uh and everything got integrated into the nih nothing got nothing got shit canned you know it all turned into a, a, an internal department at the nih mm -hmm. so well and you know, there's a 
important data point which um, Jeffrey Sachs brought to the fore, which is that um, Fauci was getting a double salary and from, I can't remember whether it was Ditra, but, you know, as part of um, the biowarfare apparatus. He wasn't he wasn't there just as uh, America's... What do, what do they call it? America's doctor? Some, something. Well, ultimately, he was DOD. Yeah. Mm. He, he was, he was, he merged, he became part of the Borg. He, he merged public and, he didn't just merge public and private. He merged public um, and military. Pu public health and defense. Yeah. Pu public health and defense. And, but, but that's what's scary is that. The defense department is is a victim too. It's like, like why would they poison themselves? And that's what makes me that's what makes me go crazy wondering like who who would do that? Like no. who would be willing to go that route? Those those that want to push for ever more um, globalization and dilution of yeah, and you guys are right. It it almost can't be just. An American thing, because I can't. It's hard for me to imagine that anybody would. I just uh, the the level of coordination, the types of policies and mechanisms that were ready to spring into action across all kinds of <laughs> measures. Literally, the two hundred one event, the planning for it, and having a blueprint for it, um, all speaks to a coordinated, multi centric dispersion and there were studies that we're looking at right now which is one of the volumes of the covid papers and i know charles you have a much larger collection than i do uh but this is an interesting paper protective effect of an inactivated avian coronavirus vaccine administered by aerosol 1973 so you know <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the, no, but remember, you, we saw the papers uh, with Mark from dropping fleas and mosquitoes in the 1950s. Yeah. So, anyhow, <laughs> but just, just, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's a constrained study in, uh, in some monkeys, maybe, and not, not a uh, no. drop it in no. the subway system. Oh, you guys! Oh, you guys! Are you kidding? I have, I have some stuff that I want. Uh, mark to see because I found like in the, in the years leading up to the pandemic he's probably seen some of them but they were testing remdesivir and in order to do it they were aerosolizing Ebola so that oh. way they could see no get this get this so that way they could see the effects of it even though they didn't need to aerosolize Ebola why, why can't they just go the, go, go the trad route <laughs> <laughs> no they 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 aerosolize anything they can and there are some specialized particles now charles i don't think you and i have ever looked at say have you looked at the website called american elements mm, i don't think so no. well you remember you remember who was really behind american air right uh, cia yeah 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 I, I wouldn't be surprised. Can, can I 
no, 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 no. Uh, uh, American American Air was involved in apparently in a number of operations around the world. Uh, dr drug trafficking, not not the least of the offenses among them. Um, but it was CIA, and American Elements is another company. And they deal in these super, super, super. I mean, when you guys were down the graphene rabbit hole, Charles, you weren't on all of those, but poor Kevin just barely escaped with his life looking for graphene and all of those samples. Um, I was I was always posting samples of stuff from American Elements, and they have micro nanotubules. So you know, think of a little microscopic cannoli. And you put it in a dispersant and then you spray it. And not only can, um, you know, this pathogen get inside of this little micro nanotubule, which protects it while it's up in the air column, it can survive all the way down to inhalation or ah, transmission to animals. I see. I see. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> They have all they have all kinds of micro nanotubule products like that. But I mean, that's one of the to me, it feels like in the DARPA space and the D and the Durta space and all of that. There's there's all these little offshoots. And I don't think that this company, sub, you know, survives selling biowarfare micro nanotubules. They they sell the other stuff that gets sprayed. They sell um, barium, strontium, aluminum nanoparticulates that they use to metallicize the atmosphere. But that's a whole other conversation. Well, I mean, what were you, what were you saying? It's, it, what's funny is uh, Ethical Skeptic, I think, actually, he, I think it was him that, that pointed out that, like, <laughs> it's, like, there's something downwind, like a thousand kilometers of, of something else where there's an outbreak. I, I don't remember all the details, but basically, yes. It was the Utah. It was the Doug. It was the Dugway proving grounds in Utah. They had <laughs> multiple tests. They had a major <laughs> test that got pushed downwind, and it almost swept into Salt Lake City. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I actually know about that one. Oh, I have been to Dugway. Okay, I have seen the mountain with the with the ginormous steel doors, you know, in a little nook on the bottom and the side. Um, leading to God knows where, uh, which I'm pretty sure there are UFOs there, but that's a different story. Um, but I, like I've seen, you know, they have anthrax. They they still do open air testing, but of simulant now, and I was involved in some of those. Um, at least I hope it was simulant. Yeah, yes, I can say. Might be a bit of wishful thinking. <laughs> <you'll be off. laughs> it's powdered but, sugar. It's powdered. They did have no. They did have an oops. In fact, it was the oops in 1969 where where the wind changed and it killed 3,000 sheep. That they decided that that was when the pressure got on Nixon to to pause the biological warfare program, and he ultimately but did. But he didn't um, pause. We both know. Yes, I know. He gave it to the well, Dick Cheney made him give it to the CIA or something. I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't have the insight. You have better. You have probably have better insights there, and probably Mark on it, did was there really a football? But the only thing that I watch consistently across that Rubicon of the 1969 speech were the annual progress reports of the SVCP, 
and they were doing the exact same things. Nothing got shut down. They didn't say, we're all closing up. All the grants are canceled. We're all done. Thanks. Bye-bye. They kept going well, until 1978. That's because that was all civilian peaceful research. Everyone knows this. Well, it was like a Manhattan Project, and it was very sophisticated. And no, the most of the – no, if, if it weren't for the investigators early on, a lot of people would never have gone back and looked at it. It looked like a very boring public health – program and oh we didn't find a cure for cancer oops we made you know we got a hundred thousand isolates entered into the world health organization and that doesn't mean you know different different clades or different individual organisms but people people were contributing speaking of being a multinational operation people were contributing to the who bank from all over the place johanna has talked about the work in germany and I'm sure there were Japanese scientists. There's a lot of Japanese names in the SVCP. Um, you know, they were a leader in the biowarfare. But that's one area where it would be very interesting, Kevin, if we, uh, you know, I, I know that, you know, the the filing with the the international, you know, the ICC is at this point seeming like it's kind of, you know, it's a paper tiger. But if we have anybody that ever comes forward from inside the WHO, and has still has live access to say their vaccine campaigns and follow-ups or any papers they wrote privately internally sort of reports about things they did in the late 70s in Africa that could be really really important you know in in sort of the evidence of uh intra agency collaboration across this space so okay yeah what because because the, the real answer the real question is what is this all for okay like what is was it all mean and the fact that james watson was in a texas prison in the 70s and 80s for a flu vaccine study and hiv popped up and, and pieces of hiv were popping up all over the place what does this all mean is is this all is this all trying to just like retro transcript like are they, is this all just gene modifications like what what's the point well i i would say if you're just exposing to toxic peptides there's not much in the way of gene modification going on i would i would say that's much well but more. retroviruses can like like I guess I'm yeah, but, to say, but are, subcomponents are they, are they of trying them. Trying to get the dream of genetic like modification is that is that the ultimate like point to all this? I mean, for sure, for sure, I do think, and uh, you know, this is one of Mark's hypotheses that you know, he who controls the genetics controls the future, and um, you know, what are they, what are they looking for? Life extension maybe i imagine that's a big uh, a big motivating factor here that the um those tied to this material plane want to don't want it to stop right so if they can yeah. and maybe maybe the properties of hiv were such that despite its disease profile the fact that it was able to transcribe itself into the genome just made it a 
primary target for well we know it's a primary it's it is used in genetic engineering um lentiviral um delivery systems i mean it's, again it's a bit outside my wheelhouse but they've been around for quite some time um you know even even down to um pseudo viruses <laughs> funnily enough they uh, my understanding is they're they're based on HIV. Um, yeah. So and, and or coronaviruses. They're, they were also looking at coronaviruses as a as a vehicle that wasn't as you know maybe that's it. Maybe the whole point was to have something less toxic, and but but just enough to where it could. Well, no, okay, then that makes sense for now. But like it makes sense from a long term perspective if they want to find a safer way to do it by mixing stuff, but. I mean, obviously, someone's considers that a safer one. You would have to presume that there's a um, constant surveillance for, um, well, peptides, viruses um, that do have gene delivery properties, and you know the. Well, there you go. That's that's predict. That's that's why CIA would fund predict because that would give them access to all that. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, it, it kind of sort of begs the question. Though, I mean, they could use adenoviruses. I mean, they're um, pretty well tolerated and are used uh, used on a wide scale and used in um, treatments that have sort of passed FDA approval. Um, but I'm just Maybe so. I know that there's a, a issue around persistence, right? So you can you can use like an adenovirus delivery system, but the persistence of the phenotypic change that you get is limited, and it might be down to months. And so we know that there's this problem around. Um, it's difficult to give multiple rounds of gene therapy before right. before like the immune system kicks in so they need to find a way to make it like a one-shot deal and i don't know maybe uh i don't i, I don't know i'm trying to second guess what would be very advanced um research programs that have been running longer than i've been alive and you could probably add all our ages together and uh we'd still struggle to get back to the start of it but um yeah well, you know I, it's evil. I mean it's it's definitely evil because they obviously don't give a shit about public health like no. that is if there's one thing that, that, that every human being needs to understand in this pandemic it's that these people are not doing this for us hmm. and i'm not sure what, we have to learn that lesson now because we're not going to get another chance i think yeah i, I think that we have a very, very slim window in which to um, slam the brakes on on this. And look, it may be too late already. Um, you know, they've. Uh, I can't remember what they said at the. That there was the lecture, well, lecture, seminar that had Tony Blair and Baller in that we were looking at. And I, I want to say, I want to say that. Baller said that they'd given out over five billion 
doses. So that's just Pfizer. Five billion doses. So, you know, that's... Divide uh, roughly by, by three. Yeah. If you well, well four, four billion people, yeah. I think, have been given mRNA jabs. At least one. Four billion. Holy shit. <laughs> what a number. What a number. Uh, so they, they, they won. They definitely won. Yeah. Like they, 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 they say it's, it's job done in this round, I guess. I guess what we have to hope is there's more rounds to come. Um, but well, the, we, have to hope, we have to hope that they don't get the chance to do whatever they do again. <sighs> Look, man, if they, if they got if they got four billion people this time, um, four billion people, they can look. They they just have to put out something that really does have uh, a significant mortality footprint, right? That's true. And you know, and it's it starts taking out people left, right, and center, kids. Um, well, look what's happening now. Look what's happening. Yeah, but saw... that's the deal. Is that it's so benign? It's this this COVID is yeah. so now. It's it's insidious, and people don't understand the slow burn. They're like, oh, I'm you know, I I can just I know what to take. I've got that protocol. I got it off of a meme on Twitter. I can I can survive this thing. Right. The statistics. The, the statistics. The number yeah, of people. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah heard, but the the, the, heard, the other things, the counter, you know, the counter indications and the and I've, the, I've heard that the, the actual band. rate, I've heard that the actual rate of death from a jab in India, God, I, was, I think it was Dennis Rancourt, I don't remember exactly, but man, I, I'm trying to remember the number because I want to say it was like one in like seventy-seven, like or something, because they they did a mass jab. Uh, and so like, he was able to compare like a steady rollout of the vaccines versus a more like a one month boom because the what was the, the what was the time interval on that charles was that like within oh, within 72 hours 70 72 hours or 48 hours or 24 hours well, or no, no, no the, the death the deaths were like Oh, if, I see you, what you're if, if you cast your mind What's back, the Nick, there, there, there was, uh, you know, no, he was looking at excess deaths, though. He, he wasn't, he wasn't looking, it wasn't like bears. Or oh, okay, okay, okay. He was able to see the signal and the signal matched, like, he, I want to say that it was like a one in 77 or something. And, and, like, and they had a massive, um, mortality spike. And, you know, they were, they were saying wow. it was COVID. And you know, to the point where they just didn't have but enough it, wood to burn but bodies. It was cor- but it was correlated. It was correlated to those vaccines. Mm. And yeah. but, but if that if if, if it, the death if the number is anything close to to like one in hundred, um, well, let's say it's 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 one in three hundred in America or something. When that actually washes out. I mean, th- that is because his claim was, is that the the excess deaths w- was like three million from that 
350 million people who got jabbed. Say, uh, say I, that I, number I, again. You said that the, that the number of excess deaths that occurred right after their vaccination boom, which was about 350 million, like all at once, was in the range of 3 million. 3 million deaths. It was like 1%. And that's and that's within the that's within the existing surveillance window, and yeah. we know uh, yeah. that really I, it's I, all cause it's all cause mortality that's going to be the real measure. You can we can stop exactly. fussing about was it COVID or was it not? Uh uh-uh. uh. Just look at cancers. Look at the drop in the birth rate. Um, I I mean I'm on a I'm on a spaces with an OBGYN. and he has come around the corner from being a Western medicine scientist very much just a white coat to someone who really is now staunchly he he's on a campaign against hepatitis b for newborns and i'm like go you go you're awesome mm-hmm. um but he has a, he has an opportunity he can position himself to make an make an, an effect and have a, a positive influence against this doctrine that is built up since Stanley Plotkin and Maurice Hilleman and all these old goons, these, you know, these Herman Munsters started pushing this shit and saying, oh, it's all safe and effective. Um, I I just put up on the We Talk You Listen an indexed version of the Stanley Plotkin uh, deposition. So don't try to listen to the whole thing. It's nine hours. You'll you'll poke out your ears with a fork. Um, but it's indexed now. So you can go to some key spots and just click the link and it'll jump to that spot in the video um, where he talks about uh, no surveillance windows for certain, for certain products, uh, 48 hour surveillance windows for certain products, uh, five days, severe adverse events are checked for five days. And then they shut down that part of the surveillance on another product. And he's under deposition. And this, this, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's, it's really, really good data that he gave. It's part of the public record in 2018. And for people that are trying to tear down, you say, burn it down. Well, I'll tell you this, Kevin, I don't think people are going to go without their church. And a lot of people go to the church of the doctor and that's just the way it is. And so I, you know, we have to, we have to help people cross over. You know, we have to we have to help uh, doctors that have and, you know, the nurses are really the ones who are leading the way. They are speaking their minds like they always do. But, we, you know, we it's a, again, it coming comes down to critical mass and getting enough people awake uh, in time that we can tear down whatever mechanism they used. Now, where is it? How many, how many secret labs do they have around the world? How many labs are right under our noses that we don't know about? I don't know. Well, right. and, you know, this is what we've just seen in Ukraine. And, you know, they were talking about, um, again, it's translation. So um, how much gets lost? But, um, you know, the, the large pharmaceutical companies were using these labs for... Um, you know, clinical testing that they wouldn't get away with in uh, uh, in in Western countries, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what I would read into that, or not not read into it, but as a as an extension of that, is that they can 
they can tune their therapeutics, quote unquote, um, to uh, to to be uh, phenotype specific. Uh, that for sure, um, but also the uh, the the slow burn aspect of it, right? And so, mm -hmm. if if you've just uh, if you've just dosed however many billions of people up, you you need a, a a window of time between the uh, the the shot itself versus the um, clinical manifestation of whatever chronic disease that they're gonna uh, present with, and that and this is where we have a a difficult problem is that because of the um, large variations you're going to have just in people's genomes, their environmental exposures, um, you know, just the knocks that life give you, um, it, it's not like everyone's going to turn up with you know, a good, a, a good example would be like myocarditis, right? So if if suddenly we were seeing hundreds, millions of cases of myocarditis emerging now, right? Then people would be able to tune in or, or hone in on that and say, okay, we, we probably have a good idea that that would be the uh, the vaccines doing that. But that seems to be the alarm bell that I see ringing. But go ahead. Yeah, but even even so, I would I would say that the the numbers are still low compared to the um, the baseline denominator of the number of vaccines given. And well, that's the good thing, Kevin. There are so many football teams and running teams and track teams and soccer teams and swimmers. There are so many people that can continue to drop dead in the public eye on camera, newscasters. And I mean, think about it. It's been, it's, it gets magnified on social media. I know you don't just hang on Twitter, um, but there's been a pretty, a pretty good thread of people documenting it and aggregating the announcements of deaths of people in the public eye, you know, sports celebrities, music celebrities really are the ones that people seem to wince about. But yeah, uh, and that's I'm, a, that's a very dark, I'm, I'm being, of course, I'm being very, very, you know, that's, that's a dark pill, but. But I, I, I would, I would still put forward the, the argument that yes, we're seeing more, but is, is it, is it catastrophic numbers right now? And you know the and so, I I made a I made a statement, you know, in 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 the summer basically, which was we we have to wait till this winter or the flu season, whatever whatever you want to sort of call that this period, uh, to see the numbers to see if we we're seeing anything that that would be perceived to be catastrophic in terms of excess all-cause mortality and i'm i'm following those numbers and euromomo is doing a pretty good job of um aggregating those numbers and it's not like it's shooting past the like the first year of the pandemic where we can probably 
say that a good proportion of that probably was um, uh, hospitals changing protocols, etc. Was protocol related? Yes. Mm. But through the rest of the the three year period, yes, we see we see the excess death all the time. Last year, actually, just was it was spread out over the winter period, but it wasn't that. Um, you know, if you looked at it over many, many years, um, it wouldn't stand out that much. And this year, it is on the it is on the upswing. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You're right. It's last year, it kind of bumped down again, and now it's. Uh, so it's shooting it's up. up right now, and the the if you've got it on your screen, Charles, just uh, might be worth sharing. Um, the and so th there's enough uh, there's enough wiggle room for this organization still to just say yeah look it's, it's within uh okay the vaccines didn't work um but you know we're not seeing that much excess death compared to uh other years and you know maybe well, ma there's and go ahead please. well i was just gonna say maybe that'll change over the coming weeks because Euromomo's typically about three three weeks behind i want to say um, I'm, I'm trying to see excess deaths in the u.s now just to see but i mean if if last year or if in the second half of but i will i will add for euro momo they've stopped adding germany's data interesting and um germany is one of those countries where they were how should we say um fastidious with uh making sure people got their shots they always are that's <laughs> just uh one of those uh one of those traits they have um you know and you know qwerty makes a good point in the chat which is how much can we trust these numbers now if they were trying to um mm. cover their tracks and um hey we all saw ferris bueller's day off where he changed his grades by hacking into the high school <laughs> computer so i mean right if it's as simple as changing digits in a table to affect the perceptions and policies of public health then um oh boy yeah if they'll pull out entire sequences from something that was discovered and characterized and registered in the NCBI and then delete it, not even thinking, oh, lots of people replicate that on a regular basis. There's There are other sources, there are other copies of that whole database that could be reconciled against. If they're willing to do something that flagrant, then a general influence over the, you know, putting biases on how deaths are characterized and things like that is, I think that's a risk we've got to consider. And I hope that there are whistleblowers. Something interesting when I was talking to my OB, my OB uh, circle the other day was we looked at a couple of clips of deaths in the U.S. Uh, no, 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 excuse me, excuse me. These were, these were Australian. And they showed um, pregnancies that had terminated. And in the same table, they showed multiple different values of, you know, a characteristic, a date, et cetera. And in the death column, 
the 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 stillborns were not character they were not counted as deaths that was another interesting little game that seemed to be going on with uh, the perception of mortality i would count an infant that died at five months in the womb of some kind of a horrible inflammatory autoimmune whatever happened to it however it terminated i'd consider that a death but maybe <clears throat> maybe i'm being naive kevin i i don't know yeah that, any, no, they, they will have different counted. characteristics for that that's called uh what, um what are they called abortion it's spontaneous abortion that's that's the yes. technical yes. term for it right so they don't they don't consider it a sort of um a death as it were okay <laughs> okay so by slicing it off into its own category mm they can again gerrymander the perceptions and the data very much like we gerrymander you know try to gerrymander a political district by drawing the map uh charles did you find something you wanted to share no i'm still i'm still trying oh, okay. to okay okay because okay. I'm, I'm trying to find it broken down by age i might have to go back to ethical skeptic that's where you and momo is good because they they do it by age and i don't care i don't care about europe <laughs> well it's oh just a, it's just a metric that we can use <laughs> just... i care about europe i love you europe <laughs> i mean all europe did recently was give me covid like <laughs> I, I left there and they gave me a gift on the way out it was because you got in that tube with all of those other people in their breath. Actually, you know what? Though it's not because they've done oh. studies that have shown mostly because this is aerosol, like we've always said. But they did. I can't find the studies now, but I know they've done them. They did studies where they 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 like analyzed um, passenger transmission, and they they, they figured out that you can sit next to somebody who is infected and like, like it is able to, to spread without a mask for like a four hour flight. Yeah. And if you turn on that Vornado thing and whoosh your face, the whole no, 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 that yeah, because, yeah. because the, the air circulation is already so strong in those planes and all of them circulate and they all have the HEPA filters that you're more likely to basically what they saw is that very few people are actually getting sick from being on a plane. Like, so it's the opposite of what we think in that Interesting. they're actually doing ventilation the way it should be, where it's so strong that it's, it causes the, you know, the negative air pressure. And that's exactly what we're not doing. And public health people knew it. Well, I, so, so that, yeah, I, I share in that bitch and moan, Charles, because we should have had humidifiers. That should have been the simplest first line of defense to help lower the probability of an aerosolized particle making it to someone else's lungs. Humidification is zero, I mean, third world technology we should have been buying those australian purple bulbs the far uvc bulbs and exactly and mass crack open a door crack a window turn on the yeah. fan yeah they, 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 they did studies where literally you can buy a box fan buy a hepa filter tape yep. it to the back of it and then first that'll keep a bedroom 
clean for six months. Not my bedroom. <laughs> we saw what was dancing around on your side here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but, but that's what's so, like, they knew. But you know what? They probably, probably because they knew that if they pointed out that it was aerosol, they would look less natural. Mm. So, for all these different reasons, they just lied to us. Let us go like lambs to the slaughter. Yeah, and uh, it, I, I'll come back to this. Job, job there's done. No, there's no good and innocent, decent response. Like, none of this has been good. I, I, none of it. Yeah, no, and they've, they've had to steal themselves morally if they have morals and ethics, but they, they've, been, they've been fomenting this, preparing for this, um, bracing for it. You know, we, we see... We see in the conspiracy press about billionaires buying bunkers in the, you know, that dug down into the earth. Well, there are, there are some, they're called dumbs, you know, deep underground military bases that have been resold and, and silos that have been turned into condos and stuff like that. Um, but there's, yeah, this is unfortunately the very bad rhetoric. The things that we heard, maybe many of us didn't hear about Kissinger and Bush and the depopulation stuff. I didn't hear about that in the 70s and 80s. I don't think I heard about it until I read Horowitz. It's part of why I put his book on the shelf for about four years. I was like, fuck Bill that. Cooper, sir. Been listening to Bill I, Cooper. I just was not. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 thank yeah. you. I can't. My my worldview cannot. That was me failing, you know, to grow and take take the warning seriously. But it was there. And we've you know, we've all there's been a lot of us that have known about it for a long time. And we have to be very serious about who what who is the list. I don't care if it's your governor or your mayor or your favorite celebrity electee or influencer or whatever. If they're in with the W.E.F., they're in for carnage. They're in for burning everything down and taking away the, what we have all called life all of our lives. And so I, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily just like optimistic or hopeful. I'm 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 intense about it. I'm I'm poised. Well, like I say, I I under I've got a sneaking suspicion that they think uh, job is done, and. Um... Well, we'll have to see how it shakes out. the the one The one shining light that we do have is probably that the um, that the end product wasn't as uh, potent as they were hoping. Um, but that's a we'll uh, see. It's a slim. Uh, <laughs> it's a slim uh, ray of light to be. Uh, resting it you know everything on um what was our starting point march 2021 mm -hmm. okay thank yeah. you and you know in terms of sort of amyloidogenic um cascades and diseases i would i would say about now would be when when you would expect to see them but and also from the the virus itself and you know i would say that there are signals there in the um excess when they categorize the excess death so um the cdc data is pretty good in that respect 
and we see that um, dementia type disorders are um, leading the way, um, but also cardiovascular um, issues as well. Um, and again, you know, are we are we on the um, the start of the hockey stick rise, or um, is it has it peaked and going to go down? I, I'm not sure we we know. And you know, what what happens if we're just maintaining ten percent excess death across? I, I don't know. Well, forever, eventually, that will wash out, right? Because the the baseline average will move up as well. And so it'll kind of get hidden in the in the statistics. So uh, you know, I wish I wish there was sort of easier um, or, or more constructive uh, solutions than we have right now. I mean, again, I would I would say mitigate certainly avoid the current shots. Unless, unless they unleash the uh, the real kraken, um, but the yeah, you know, it's. I'm sorry <laughs> to say, but cons considering the source and considering the conduct of the players that even tried to you know stand up as a nice clean brand like Johnson and Johnson or Bayer. Uh, if you if you are unaware of any of their history and the litigation against them and the judgments, um, I I would never trust another biological. Wouldn't happen. Well, um, more than likely, if uh, look, it, if we're right in that that the, they've pulled the trigger on this, what is a very sophisticated form of biowarfare that's targeting you know these very um it, you you've got to have a, a certain degree of technical um nous to sort of keep up with the idea of class switching or amyloidogenic um disease cascades and um if we're in that domain or we're uh, paradigm i should say um then yeah they th who knows what they could release and again it it's going to be essentially uh, surreptitious mechanisms um i would i would wager uh, charles would um add to that but, you know it it could it could be that this was a softening up round okay the fact the fact that it does target the immune system of people. you have been tenderized <laughs> right I mean, yeah it, it doesn't even matter now because because the, the effects of anything moving forward i mean the effects of rsv moving forward have been magnified because because of everything else that's happening so and, so and that's already done. rsv has always been a, a shit show for the elderly i mean you know it's why they realized it mm, there might we might have something there you know, besides the fact, oops, we put it there by making products out of chimpanzee parts. Um, well, I want to make, make products out of their parts. I, yeah, I got to tell you, these these folks. Um, but anyhow, uh, but uh, as far as hope, uh, on Sunday, I'm going to be with uh, Apothecarol, 
and we're doing a Twitter space, I uh, am going to be talking with her and other folks about GMOs and glyphosate and cancer and all of that for a little bit. We're going to take a big black pill and then we're going to talk about farming and gardening and all of that kind of cool stuff. Uh, she's a pro. Well, so I, I, I'll, I'll add this. Uh, all that, um, say, alternative therapies. Uh, yeah, it was good old fashioned antibiotics, which set me right this these last yes, few but, days. <laughs> yes, but son, you're nuking your colonic flora. You are killing. You are devastating your diversity and your counts. So I hope you're doing an. <laughs> I'm not into job. diversity. I'm monoculture. <laughs> Diversity isn't really his thing, so he's yeah, yeah. I know that's a that's a trigger word for you, and it uh, before it took on that, well, before it was couched in that odor, Kevin, it just meant it meant variety. That's what I mean. You got to have variety in your gut, and you got to rebuild that, and you got to be intelligent. Um, uh, I I'll do that exactly. I'll, I'll have some yogurt. Yeah, yeah some kimchi. I, yeah. Pudding. I'm going to have a pudding. Yes, I know. But uh, yeah, all the other things uh, didn't work. Was clindamycin. Get in there. Well, you should have a little rice patty out back, I swear. So uh, no, I don't have Charles... space. <laughs> yeah, I didn't figure. It's Japan. It's Japan. You don't have space. Come on. You don't have acreage. Uh, Charles, we were talking, I'd asked Kevin last time if he had experienced the black rain from the incinerators in China. And he said no, but he said there's a leak in the bedroom. <laughs> we were laughing and it's dripping. Hey, it's dripping you right in. There's people right in your bedroom. There's ghosts. You got ghosts. Well, so if I'm treading on the uh, souls of Ching Chongs, um, I'll consider that a win. Well, especially if yeah. they were, especially if they were responsible. The irony of you living where you live and where you had a big part of your career and you be, and you saying Ching Chong, that just <laughs> bites. That's it's true. That's a new kind of like, that's like a Monty Python and pretzelment that they just couldn't have conceived of. They would have, they'd be very proud of that. Well, I gotta, uh, gotta have a laugh and a giggle. Right? You gotta. Well, I'm. I'm proud of you. You're, 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 a, you're a special creature, and and it's good to know that we've we're definitely the best people for the job to to save yeah. the planet. Yeah, wow. Well, look, you need some straight talking motherfuckers, right? And uh, we, you know, this is we've raised this point already, but um, you know the those that are just whittling about out of vaccines and their their sovereignty and their side effects um step aside now <laughs> you can't get you need, you need the bigger picture man and uh the uh, well I, I don't know i mean how much uh how much longer we have uh, before we can sort of bring it out before we before we can uh, stir up the pitchforks and torches of the of the metaphorical in a Minecraft kind oh, of, you don't. No, 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 no. You, you don't. You know about the mama bears, right? You know what a mama bear is, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, the mama bears are pissed. The mama bears have rung the bell because they've got injured kids now. Yeah, and yeah. it does not take one in every household for there to be a critical mass 
I mean, there's there are several different little networks that occur, and many of them are tied across, you know, Facebook and families and communities and things like that. And the nurses that have been starting to finally come forward and just say, fuck it, I'm saying I'm saying my piece um, and combined with moms and dads that have injured kids, uh, I think is a big part of it. There's just enough people willing to come forward that aren't entangled in uh, they're not involved in litigation yet or something like that. So um, that's yeah. just we want to acknowledge that. Um, I hope litigation is enough. I just. Uh... I would imagine they will add it or stop it in its tracks. Um, something, something this this big. Um, well, did you see the clip today? Of and by the way, are the natives trying to break down the door to get at their computers? Uh, they're, they're, they're already in, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna oh, have to wrap up. You can had it. They've had it with you. Okay, yeah. and us. Okay, okay. No, it's time. You can hear them. Uh, yeah yeah we will yeah we'll uh we'll take it uh, as our, our cue yeah um it's probably a good time <laughs> things will get rowdy in a few minutes all right gents um that was awesome um despite my uh rather hoarse throat and uh i guess i'll wrap it up i'll i'll finish this i'll end this call and um i'm not sure when i'll stream again but i think i might need another day or two's rest but uh well, thanks. as long as you're alive yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take me out that easy <laughs> all right thanks very much guys take care good to yeah, see you guys take care all right um <laughs> Well, picture to end on. Um, all right, folks. Uh, I didn't get through the fat mat. How mouse housekeeping? Um, don't forget McCann Dojo if you uh wanted to. Oh, all the payments are down below on uh Rumble. Also, hit the thumbs up on Rumble, try and get us up on the uh the algorithm on Rumble, get people in here listening. That would be cool. But uh, McCannDojo.com, please go there, send a dono. Let me just check if there's been any today. Um, come on. Not one. You oh you oh you'll know what you are. Um right, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. I will see you uh, I'm not sure when the next one will be. <laughs> Another day or two probably. But um yeah, see you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I would be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers! I will fucking kill each fucking papa! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws you on fucking blood, blood. Never! No! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking living! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that fire. I hate this guy. So check what he's about to have. Let up! 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 Let up